Hi everybody, welcome to episode 575 of Conversation Street and we will be talking about Corrie between the 8th and the 12th of May 2023 today. That's episodes 10,947 to 10,952, won't we? Well, I've heard a rumour. That's the plan, that is the plan. Um, I am Michael. I'm Gemma. And um, that's that's basically what's going to be happening in this episode. I I can't kind of run out of things to say. These I haven't. intros. 575 episodes. Later. No, <laughs> it's loads of things. It's so like, it was like, we're watching it with Billy. It's so much fun. 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 It's so like desserts. What's that got to do with Eurovision? Well, because we're doing like a buffet, like a European buffet. Yeah. And Bonoffi is actually an English invention. Oh. Actually, not that far from us in Chichester, along the south coast, it was invented. Oh, okay. I didn't know what we're doing. Like, as as always, I just sit down and have food brought to me. <laughs> yeah, typical. <laughs> I don't know. Are we, so we, are we doing that? Well, I saw people in the chat were talking about some Greek stuff as well. Are I'm you, bringing that You're bringing too. Greek stuff. It's, European, really like Greek it's a European celebration. I love Eurovision. I like... Um, there's two great songs this year. One of them, of course, is the UK entry. Mm. Um, I wrote a song. Yes. And also, uh, Who the Hell is Edgar? I think that's the Austrian... I love that one. Um, so we're going to be going around someone's house and we're going to have nice food and enjoy the the cheesiness, just like we did with the coronation the week before. Yes, indeed. Just I, celebrating. That reminds me. Um, being somebody, European. Somebody at work today, their sister, is, uh, did the vocal arrangements for our Eurovision entry this year. Really? Yes, that's my I really, really like our song. This, I think it's I great. Like it. it's not I also like Sam year, Ryder but... with uh, Spaceman, but can't keep... You can't just use the same thing in. everywhere just because you quite did quite. Did, how, how do you think we're going to do? Um, I think we're gonna get. I think we're gonna get in the uh, left hand side of the. I think we might column. do. I mean, last year on Eurovision, you know how well we did was fairly unprecedented. Well, you know, well, hang we hadn't on. seen such a I thing just say, for twenty five years or so. For quite a long time, <laughs> in in England, in in Great Britain, we've had we've sort of felt like we've been maligned and. Uh, disregarded by the rest of Europe yeah. and uh, put People it down haven't liked us. hang on put it down to things like oh it's because of Brexit or because it's of the Iraq war or because it's of we, how much we like Americans turns out it's because our songs are crap <laughs> <laughs> and it's taken we've not had the best of entries for the last 20 years last year with Sam Ryder and his brilliant song for us to mm. show our Oh, I say get Glenda Shuttleworth on it next year. She's got Honestly. a good set of pipes, and I think that she could um, blast out a belter. I think I think I, I love Eurovision. I've always loved Eurovision. But we're not here to talk about that, are we? Here to no, talk we're about here to do a Street. quiz. Oh yeah, I also first. want to say um, thank you to people who enjoyed our, our bonus podcast this week. We talked about famous people on Coronation Street, yeah. didn't we? Not the Coronation Street cast themselves, but little celebrity cameos and things over the years, and it was quite interesting. I thought going back and and, and speaking about some of the some of the cameos and stuff. So um, if you haven't listened to that, please do. It's quite good. It's quite long as well. I didn't think it was going to be that long, but... Well, we do waffle. Would you like a quiz? Yes, I would like a quiz now. So this is things that happen between the 8th, 8th and the 12th of May and years ending in a 3 and an 8. And I sourced the information from Coropedia, which is located at conversationstreet.fandom.com. Question number one. 8th of May, 1978. Why was Annie furious when Fred G collects her from the airport. Oh, I remember that episode. What? Was she... 
I can picture I can't it remember. in my mind. I can picture it because they filmed it at a, at a proper so car mad? park, didn't they? Um, when she turns up, he's there. He's yeah, going to pick he's her got, up. He's got a chauffeur's hat What's she on. Expecting? I think she's expecting a proper a proper limo driver kind of thing, and it turns out that it's just Fred. Is that is that along the right kind of? Uh, it's not lines? so much the person. The car. Yeah. I no. can't give you any more clues. <laughs> I don't know. Go and tell me. I it's don't because remember. he picks her up in Len's van, but she was expecting. He does what? He picks her up in Len's van. Oh, Len's van. No, yeah. But no, see, I didn't remember because that. the Rover had been stolen. Okay. Okay. Right, next question. Eighth of May, nineteen ninety-eight. Which baby does Zoe Tattersall walk off with? Which baby? Mm. Nineteen ninety-eight. She just sort of. So this is after Shannon had died, and she walks off with a baby. Who else had a baby around that time? Not really her baby. Not really her baby. No. No, but I mean, community spirit. I say everyone's baby. Gosh, I do not remember. Belongs to me. I can't, I, I kind of vaguely remember her going off with a baby. Mm-hmm. 1998, who'd have been... I don't... I don't know. I don't know. This person... Um, yeah, a few clues would be nice. Okay, uh, this person's sister recently reappeared. Well, recently. For, like, a very brief one-off appearance on a video link. <laughs> no, I don't know. This person's sister. Yeah. So the sister of the baby. Yeah. Appeared recently on a video link. Or recently, you know, sooner ago than nineteen ninety eight. I don't know. Um, was it? Um, was it sister? The sister of the baby. Yeah. Not has, the mother has of the been baby. In the so, show, the 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 niece of the baby. Left. <laughs> the niece of the baby. Yeah. I don't know, you just have to tell All me. Alright, it's baby know. Morgan Middleton. Oh, I was thinking Morgan Middleton, well, but you, you said the say. sister of the baby. Sister of the baby is Emma. I'm not the mother of the baby. Oh. Fiona is... You, you try and I, get... I misdirected you. If you just said the mother had appeared... Oh, oh, well, I should have known. I just should have known without any clue, I, shouldn't I? I do apologise that I got the thing wrong. Oh, it's, well, okay, okay. Sorry. I, I yeah, should I, be, I should have known that. You should have known that. Yes. But you should have known that as well. <laughs> I should, exactly. Next. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Can we just delete the whole yes, that again. first uh, seven minutes of this podcast? Uh, 9th of March, 1988. May. May. I also, can I just say, I shouldn't yeah. be giving you this many clues. Which character admits to Mike Baldwin that they shopped him for a drink driving? <laughs> I don't know. When was this? May 1998. Mm-hmm. No, hang on, 1988. Yeah. 1988. Oh, God. I mean, how many times was he drink driving? I, again, I very vaguely remember this. Oh, I was just going to say Ken, even though I'm sure no, it's not Ken. Ida Clough. Ida Clough. 10th oh, of May, man. 2013. What happens when David takes Max to the park to feed the ducks? He has a seizure. Hooray! Yay! Gay seizures. Why? Because he's got epilepsy. He's got an epileptic fit. Yeah, I called that. I called that storyline "Plat Tires" because Did he you? was tired. I liked that one at the time. Okay, right. Um, I I'm, just, I'm just imagining current Max in that situation. Very interesting. Eleventh of May, <laughs> nineteen eighty-eight. Who barricades themselves in the community centre flat to avoid being evicted by the council? Nineteen eighty-eight. I'm never. I'm never gonna. 
agree with you. 1988. Well, hang on a minute, Michael. How long has there been a community centre? Well, the, the old community centre, I assume you're thinking do you about. Think, do you think it's been demolished and rebuilt since, well, since the 80s? Uh, Percy Sugden. Yes. Right, good. Good for him. You've got two more questions. Oh, man. I've, I'm You're going to get the last two one. Two out of five so far. But this is the penultimate. Thank you. 12th of May, 1993. Yes. A couple gets engaged and a couple gets married. <sighs> right. This is, a quiz. this is a quiz about dates. This is a quiz about I dates. Know. I know. You asked me to do a quiz about dates. I know. A, quiz, a couple gets married and a couple gets divorced, did you say? No, I said engaged. they get engaged. I quit, I quit the show. I, d- I don't know. I just, I've got... I just quit I... the show because I feel like... No, I know it's, it's all good fault. questions. I don't know. Good... I don't, can't write quizzes. Can I have... I don't know who Morgan's I don't know. I don't is. know. I'm giving myself a zero. I don't know. You really don't know? Should I know? Can I give you initials? Yes. The married couple were G and J. And the engaged couple were R and M. This is the nineties. I know, G and J, R and M. I mean, we talked about one of these quite recently. <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. Oh my gosh, G- uh, people are caught shouting out the answer. The listeners at home. I feel like you're... G and J, G and J. You're not bringing your A game. No, I'm not. No, go on to, to tell me. All right, Gary Mallet and Judy Smedley. Were you blinking? In 1993? Yeah. Oh, they weren't even in the show then. And Reg Holdsworth and Maureen Naylor. Okay, all right, I'll give oh, you that Oh, I'm one. sorry. No, that's fine. That's an excellent question. I won't do the quiz next Excellent week. question, you will. 12th of May, 2008. What revelation did Ted... What revelation, what revelation about Ted... He's gay. Leaves Kale's shop. He's gay. He's gay. He's lovely. Is the answer that he's lovely? He's lovely and gay. <laughs> oh dear me! What'd you get? Three out of seven. Right. No more quizzes. Shocking. Next Shocking. Week, no, yes. No. I love a quiz. You moan about I like too much. to be it's made boring. to feel. You know, we, we all did some difficult tests this week. It was the Sats this week at school, and apparently the reading test was very, very difficult. So now I, I know, I know how they feel. Ah, oh, go on, go on. Birthdays. Thirteenth of May. Robert Dorning, he played Wally Hunt in Pardon the Expression and Turn Out the Lights. Mm-hmm. Harry Driver, he was the Coronation Street writer and storyliner and also writer and producer of Pardon the Expression. Nice. Imogen Moore, he was Liam Connor the first. 14th of May, Bobby Bradshaw, who played Jake Windus. 15th, where is he? 15th of May, Jack yeah. Watson, who he was, played... He was fainting in Glenda's class the last time we saw him, wasn't he? In his wing Glenda? Yeah, Jake Windus, they were doing his little big shots a few weeks ago, Oh, yeah, he's still alive. He's still all right. That's all right, then. Uh, 14th of May, Bobby Bradshaw played... Oh, it doesn't matter. 15th of May, (laughs) Jake Watson, who played Bill Gregory. Nice. And directed directed Julian Gerald. 16th of May, Roy Hudd. Oh, there we go. Archie Shuttleworth. Sean Ward, who played Callum Logan. 17th of May, Veronica Doran, or Duran. (laughs) <laughs> played Marion Yates love her 19th oh, yeah, of May Madge Hindle played Rini Roberts Rini 
Paul in the face, face and yeah. to blame. And Robert Mallard, who is... Uh, <laughs> Robert Mallard. Robert. <laughs> As he is. Hang on, it's Robert Mallard. <laughs> That's better. Thank you very much. Daniel Osborne. Happy birthday, everybody. Right, let's talk about Corey, shall we? Okay, street talk time. And disclaimer alert, it is now nearly 24 hours later since <laughs> we recorded the yeah. last bit. Had a bit of a culinary disaster last night after recording the beginning bit, which made meant dinner uh, plans had to change. And we couldn't record the podcast, could we? Otherwise it would have been very late indeed. It's now Saturday afternoon, and this is also going to have to be a rush run because we're going out to our Eurovision party in a couple of hours' time. So we're going to see what we can do to get through this week. Um, can't do a cabin or a no. feedback section today. I don't think there's much news anyway. Right. Andy Wymans and Helen Flanagan are out of the jungle. And, do you know who won? Have you seen that in the news? No. Mylene Class won, oh. I believe. So there, there we go. You're good um, for her, the little tinkling piano Mylene Class. So anyway, we're just going to do a street talk now um, and, and see where it takes us. And that's going to start off with... Hang on. What? Dinner disclaimer disaster. Yeah. It wasn't me. I dropped it on the floor. I didn't cook it badly. Oh, no, 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 no. We d- I dropped my dinner on the floor. Gemma, yeah, we were having a nice sandwich and it I, went over the floor. So I, I didn't cook badly. I want everyone to know. Gemma <laughs> never cooks badly. She's amazing. I do cook badly, but it wasn't yesterday. Okay. No. no. Um, okay, yeah. So I want to start off with this, with the Max storyline. I find this really, really difficult. I, you know, I love it when this happens, but Coronation Street merged two stories mm, very nicely this week, didn't they? The Max and the Ryan story in unexpected ways. Um, so when I was starting to write the notes with this, I had all the stuff with Daniel and Max in prison in one set of notes and all the stuff with Daniel and Daisy and Ryan in other sets of notes. So what we're going to do is start off with, um, having a look at the Max sentence stuff like Monday and Wednesday. Then we're going to scroll back and look at the Ryan stuff Monday and Wednesday before kind of just merging them all together on Friday when the crossover happens. So, well, that's going to take up probably a bulk of this discussion. Then we have got Fizz's exit storyline, lovely Jenny McAlpine popping off on um, maternity leave, and she's going to get a new job with loads loads of money. So I've called this storyline, Gemma, Mega Bucks Fizz. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, you haven't heard that and one before? Yeah. Fresh just, reaction. Just, uh, well, just to give a shout out to the New York Times that doesn't understand British cuisine. Oh, yeah, you culture. told me this, didn't you? Said that Bucks Fizz is a non-alcoholic version of a mimosa. And true. Wash your mouth out, you bunch of idiots. It's a more alcoholic version. Um, we've then got the Damon in the sack storyline. Oh, I was toying with the idea of the uh, the roll in the hay. I, I thought I... that was good. No. Roll in the hay, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's back again. The slag. Back for seconds. Um, explicit consent warning is coming up next. And um, then we will talk about the Paul and, uh, and, and Gemma storylines that kind of merged together as well. As well. I, I did want to mention the coronation stuff first, though, because obviously Monday's episode was the coronation coronation street um how did you find it as you know we're both we both do love the bit of the royal family i don't know how eastenders did it but i have seen that everybody on eastenders was very 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 royal and uh love loving it and uh celebrating and they made a bit a very big deal about the coronation on eastenders mm. um and a lot of people are saying that that coronation street was a bit more true to life well, I think yeah. the trouble is everybody's in their own bubble and you associate with people who are similar to you. So it's difficult. Things like this. I Personally, I enjoyed the coronation. Oh, yeah, it was great. Loved it. Um, I'm, I'm sad that it's a divisive and controversial subject, but never mind. Um, I think Coronation Street's 
treatment of it was felt perhaps a bit more realistic because some people didn't care. Some people were really into it. They well, had yeah, a they party. Had, they had this conversation with um, Ryan and uh, Daisy at one point, didn't they? And Ryan clearly a very anti-monarchy. Was and, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, you know, that was on Monday's episode. What did he say? Well, I was just he was just saying, oh, it's a you know, I, I don't remember exactly. But he was saying it was a pomp and circumstance for nothing, basically. What's well, what's the point in this? And Daisy yeah. was saying, oh, well, yeah. I think he's just sad because his face is. Off. Possibly, um, but then yeah, you you also had. I mean, we had the, the pub scene. So Jenny had put on a spread, and it all it <laughs> felt a little ring. bit because you know just going back a little bit. We said last week that they've they put some flags up and things, um, and even having some characters having flags in their homes. I would say that's maybe gone a little overboard compared to what maybe most people would have here. Like all week, I'm imagining that come Monday, it's all going to be gone again. Um, but the actual, the, the one in the pub, it felt to me like they got some characters that are like, what should we do? Oh, this will help get their episode counts up. Let's put them in their overs. Not Evelyn I mean, necessarily, because she's always in it, but the Baileys and Debbie and Ronnie. Yeah, great. It, it's not, it's not, um, it's not an, uh, ugh, amazing insight to say that the older generation is generally slightly more royalist than oh, yeah. the younger ones. I'm very interested to know whether, as people get older, if uh, they will retain those ideas or if they become yeah, I wonder more traditional. I don't know. But um, it's, it was funny because, yeah, you had... I really, really loved the Baileys doing the Commonwealth um I know. I uh, couldn't listing. do it. I could I probably manage about three countries. <laughs> and that's why I really enjoyed the... Um, we, we had the coronation concert, didn't we? Yes, Sunday night. Sunday night. And uh, I liked the idea of the Commonwealth. I love the Commonwealth. I want a Commonwealth flag. I think that the Baileys are quite traditional. I think they're even semi-religious as well, because well, I'm sure they've ta- ta- talked about going to church and things before, not that we've ever seen My it. friend's parents one of, uh, had... Um, one's from Jamaica and one was from um, Barbados, and uh, they are more of the most royalist... Oh, really? um, family, yeah. Oh, then maybe that fits. But I know, so you know. Lovely having Debbie not, there. Nice little, nice little hot pat. Um, and also Mary was there as well, wasn't she? In the Rovers, have I got that talking about how um, Lady Diana winged at um um one point or something, wasn't it? And, and Mother was a fan of Fergie. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. And and they went. Did she go to the first coronation? I can't remember. So it was, it was quite nice. I don't think anyone alive went to the first coronation. <laughs> um, then they had. They also had um, the the tribute to Dead Queen. Didn't they? Which Jenny Oh, led. Jenny tried to do a two-minute silence for the Queen. <laughs> and Dirk got a name check. I think, I really I think it was I think it was a name check, but it also was like a plausible de- deniability name check. What do you she's mean? like, no, Dirk, no, no, no. Yeah, she's like, like Dirk, Dirk. I don't... Just Dirk. I think... I'm I wondering think whether it wasn't... you miss it. I'm wondering whether it wasn't in the script. It's Me like too. a special episode, and I'm wondering whether Sally Amatu is just like, I'm going to... I'm gonna know. She can. Well, she can I tell us. Did you do exactly. it? Exactly. Well, um, but that was. I, I and then because he, he's got like a little. Um, he had a Plastic. Union Jack bowler yeah. hat on, didn't he? And he t- yeah. takes it off. I just oh. love how Dirk, who never says anything, was the one Speaks that was so shushed. much for this silence. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was ironic. It, yeah. So I, I was hoping, you know, as I, I've said before, that I the whole episode would be the coronation episode. But unfortunately, Coronation Street does seem to be on this. Um, it's juggernaut. Yeah, exactly. And like, no, nothing, nothing stops the the course of our stories, um, and and everything else had to happen as well. And and well, I'm just... glad that they marked it. I think yeah, they they had to mark it. Eurovision and the the coronation. This this like week and a half period is mm. just 
the most ideal, wonderful, I love it so much. I just like waving a flag and I don't care if it's a... Yeah, we'd be waving our flags again at your... I don't care if it's, tonight, a, if it's a Union Jack, a Commonwealth flag. I don't care if it's a, um, a uh, an EU flag. I love the EU flag. When, when we went to go see the Olympics, we watched South Korean archery. We waved a South Korean flag because it was given to me. I'll wave any flag you like. <laughs> okay, so um, on to the stories then. Um, do you want to do the Max one or do you want to do the Ryan Which one? We usually prefer? discuss this before we start recording, don't we? I'm, we're we're rushing today. Um, I'll, I'll, um, you, you do the Max because okay. um, the Ryan story's got more to it, I think. Oh, right, okay. Fine. Well, only because it's three days worth. Stuff you then. <laughs> I'm just giving your voice a break because I've talked so much already. You're giving my voice a break because you've talked too much. Oh, yeah, no, that doesn't make sense. All right. Max go, you go, sentence you on Monday. You're just trying to get your more airtime for yourself. Yeah. That's okay. fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. It is your podcast. On Monday, Ken tells Daniel that he should report his phone being missing. Mm, yes. Because he, he needs to face the music and also... um. It's pretty dangerous, really, isn't it? You're not supposed to have... I know they all do have phones, but you're not really supposed to. And um, Daniel says, oh, I will if I haven't found it by the end of the day. Yeah, because he's worried he's going to get in trouble. I don't know whether... I don't know how much he would. I think I he mean, would do, because he shouldn't have had it. He shouldn't have had it. It's um, like saying, oh, yeah, well, I, I'm sorry that I gave them a knife, but I was cutting Is it? Tomatoes. Is it kind of a, you know, a, a rap on the knuckles kind of telling off, or is it like serious breach of whatever? Well, if it is a serious breach of whatever, he shouldn't be working there, should he? But but as Ken said, you know, he is an excellent teacher. Hmm, we is go, he? Then we get to find out later Honestly, this week. Daniel's, Even more so, maybe not. Daniel's vibe all this week was like, but I'm the cool teacher. Why won't they respect me? I think often people might have their phones out in places that they're not supposed to, but I'm guessing maybe at the prison it's that it's more... It's a bit more important not yeah. to. Yeah. There's a lot of dangerous things that you can do with a phone. Think about the fact that some of these kids are in there because they've harassed or been violent or abusive to somebody. If they get hold of the phone, mm. they could use it to repeat their crimes. Yeah. I love how later in the week when, um, as he turned telling Daisy about it, Daniel, and she's like, did you, you did take the SIM card out, didn't you? And he's like... <laughs> Whoops. Oh no. He's like, He's such an like? idiot. <laughs> okay, so he goes to class on Monday for some reason, even though it's a bank holiday, but there's no bank holidays in prison. Very true. And uh, banks are open all year round. Prisons are? Yeah. Prison banks. Prison banks. Right, so Max <laughs> Max gives him his phone back sneakily so that he doesn't realise, and Daniel just, like, brilliant, takes it home, and then he finds a video from Max apologising. Um, I thought, can I just say, like, I know that, I know that, I know that youngsters like to do this and Daniel and Daisy seem like the sort. How many nudes of Daisy were on that phone? <laughs> Very good point. I'm, I'm betting there were a few pictures. You saucy snaps. I, I bet there were some that. saucy Daisy snaps <laughs> on there, but obviously Max was just, he's too sensitive and, and apologetic, isn't he? He does a video of himself. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry for that, everybody. Um, no, you said probably very valid point. Do you not think that I mean... there must be loads? Anyway, anyway, so Max apologises. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to lay back and think about He's thinking now. about those now. Um, so Max is apologising because he he's not really stretching his um, mental faculties in class and he's not doing all the work that, that Daniel's making him. And he's saying, look, of course I'm not going to. I can't be seen to be the SWAT. I've got to join in with everybody else. And um, so as he's watching this, Daniel gets interrupted by Ken coming in. He's like, oh, look at this video. So he goes to the pub to watch it in private. 
Of course. No headphones or anything. No, he, no, he doesn't put his headphones in. He watches the full video from Max, who's talking about how tense it is, shouting, screaming, fighting, how much he regrets what he did, how much he, you know, he's he's feeling as though he deserves all this punishment. Mm. And um, David comes in and overhears it, obviously, which is the only reason why I guess Daniel didn't have headphones in. But he could have just seen Max on That's it. That's what I said. And gone, oh, is that Max so with a new haircut? the video together and Daniel explains that the situation that's going on with... Um, with the, the phone. Uh, yeah, why, why the phone has a recording. And <laughs> and D- Dave, David's like, oh, you really are a credit to the teaching profession, aren't you? Why did you have your phone out? And David's like, we must do something. I can't believe Max isn't enjoying being in prison. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's supposed to be... It's supposed to be not- um, unenjoyable. That's the point. I'm not sure that it, it, I'm really that bothered that Max, the terrorist and uh, white supremacist, is not enjoying himself. They, I mean, Coronation Street really wants us to feel sorry for Max. But Daniel and, and David and come around and, and like him and think that he's he's re- reflected on what he's done and, and everything so. by the time we come. I, I think that we are supposed to oh, be. Oh, hang on, hang on. No, sorry. He's got a black friend now, so he must be not racist anymore. That's very true. <sighs> So, so Daniel and David are like, we must do something about this. I can't think that um, uh, Max is, is asking me for help and I can't betray him. It's like, yeah, he you're doesn't... not supposed, he's not having the worst time in, of his life. And also, why is this a revelation to David, who when he was in prison, was part of a prison riot and nearly got <laughs> killed? Did he think it was going to be a walk in the park? I know that was a different type of prison, but David was also in kind of juvie prison, wasn't he? Or whatever it's... I'm just not it's... sympathetic. I'm, so, I'm sorry, yet you're not supposed to like it. It is really tense. It's supposed to put you off doing crimes again. Mm. Isn't it? Isn't I it? Think, yeah, yes. It's it's all about rehabilitation. Well, it's also it? about, I, I think, maybe I'm old-fashioned, a bit of punishment as well, isn't it? It's slightly a bit of punishment. Yeah. It's a bit of punishment. Yeah. Who knows what the rest of them are in, the, in there for? Exactly. Over... <laughs> Over a glass of wine at home, Daisy and Daniel are talking about Max and Ryan and they feel like they don't know what to do, but they feel like they must do something. And um, Daisy says to to Daniel that he, she thinks that Ryan's becoming too reliant, sorry, I but he's vulnerable. This, this bit of the notes in yeah, the other, this is related the other to a story, story, sorry. But bear that in mind, everybody. Daisy's worried about Ryan. On Wednesday, um, number one, everyone's having breakfast at Daniel says he's going to have a meeting with a safeguarding lead about Max later on and the safeguarding guy's like what he's in prison and he doesn't like it yeah he's looking for any evidence that Max's mental health is you know particularly well yeah he's like well what's your evidence what why do you think that and Daniel's like um (laughs) I just get a hunch (laughs) so Daniel's really sad and David shaved his head that's what you do when you kind of like well look what Joan of Arc did Quite. Exactly. He's basically the Weatherfield answer to Joan of Arc. <laughs> so, so David and Daniel meet up and Daniel's like, I'm really sorry, we can't do anything to, to help him. And David says, show him the video. And I, I, again, I'm thinking to myself, in the video, he didn't say anything particularly apart from, it's a bit tense in here, people have fights and you can't just say what you want. Yeah. Are you surprised? Is anyone surprised? I think probably if the safeguarding guy had seen the video, he might have taken action. Like he, what he, though? <clears throat> you put I a bunch know. of criminals together, they're going to do naughty stuff to each other. Give them a chocolate milkshake or something to cheer him up. I, I don't know. I'm but... not, I'm not, I, I just, I'm sorry, but 
this is what it's like in prison. Especially Daniel among, wants to help Max, amongst but he's... Bloke, a bunch of young men. They're all going to be like that, aren't they? Mm. Daniel wants to help Max, but not so much that it might risk putting his job on the line. So he's like, he's, he's almost he's just got, thinking of the kids. But he's loving his great job working yourself in. yourself first, don't you, Mr. Osborne? Because he, he, he yearns to teach. He, the, the teaching profession would be a loss Sorry. without him. So he's just he got to stick it now. He doesn't like teaching. He likes telling people things, <laughs> which is different. So, um, Max, Max, David goes to speak to David in the prison. So David goes to speak to Max. You've written it. It's very difficult to read out. But I, 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 you I, haven't really break, broken this down. Yeah, Daniel's speaking to David for a bit and then Daniel bogs off and then Max comes and sits down. I think is what happened. It's been well, why is Max sitting down there? They're not the. They're in prison. It's in time anyway. David and so, Max. So so he's like, I'm fine, and David says, Look, we're, they're looking into your case because you could you could be let out soon, and you you might need a tag, but f- you know, like a leg tag, tag to see what you're up to. Not like a special graffiti sign to. They're going to give you your own tag yeah. so you can spray everything with your name on it. It's going to yeah. be awesome. But for now, just focus <laughs> on getting your head down, getting your GCSEs, and if you need to talk to me, you you can. I'm here for you. So. Obviously, Max doesn't want to. And he also doesn't want to talk to Daniel when he tries to ask him about the video. And he definitely doesn't want David seeing the video and worrying about it, he says. And uh, then the, a bunch of lads laugh at the fact that Max is talking to Daniel, so he goes off. And yeah, Daniel, Max is kind of worrying that he's getting a bit of a reputation as a teacher's swap. pet yeah. this week, doesn't he? And then he's got his kind of semi-intimidating, but not really, bunch of classmates there, including, I've got one his name, Gav. Gaz, Gav, Gav, something like that, yeah, and, and a few others that, you know, they're, they're kind of bullyish, but... Can I ask a question? In prison, if you're Gav, are you going to be more upset with, da- with uh, Max for being a teacher's pet, eh, or B, being a white supremacist and making racist videos that get somebody stabbed for the colour of their skin. I mean, he if was... I was Gav, I don't think I'd talk to, to Max. Yeah, do they know what they're in, what each other they are in for? They all know what everyone's in for. Well, I mean, Max... They find there was, out. There was a you know, particular race of people that Max was being particularly um Well, there nasty aren't any about. Asian people in there no. that I've seen. It's just... Not, not um, that I've seen. Gav and a few other guys. Yeah. But they're not Muslim, so they're like, yeah. That's well. fine, it's fine. <laughs> Max doesn't care. I still, I'm still, um, I can't remember where we're at odd. with Max's um, repentance about what he did. Because I know Gav, there was yeah, a stage he never... where he was like. I'm sorry, I got caught. Yeah, because he was saying, well, you know, it's true what, what Griff was telling me. Um, yeah. I Maybe, I, I don't understand what I Max I can't remember thinks. whether he's had a change of heart now. Honestly, but... is, is, are we supposed to think that because Max is trying to get Gav's approval that he's somehow become not racist at all? Mm. Or what? I don't, I don't know. I'm confused. I don't know. So anyway, um, Daniel have, is teaching a lesson about 1984 and it's a bit of a tough crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to ask them questions and and uh, um, what are the main what, themes? What are the themes of 1984? What are the main themes? None of them read it. I, half the class, when I was doing my degree in English, didn't read the books. 
And yeah. this is But these guys haven't degree. exactly got lots more to get on with, have they? You know, lying around well, in their you cells. You know, poking each other in the ribs and, you know. It also appears that English is the only subject they seem to be doing at school. That wasn't it Friday's episode where they had like two or three English lessons in the same day. Like, yeah. you've got to get the literacy up. That's the key they're like, thing they're going to need when they're out pretty... of prison. They need to be able to write and analyse classic literature. <laughs> Don't worry about real life skills or anything. These guys are going straight into, I don't know, what do you even need? an English degree for Gemma. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so, um, so then one of the students says, oh, Max, why are you being so pally-pally with Daniel? And Max is like, no, don't know what you mean. So he makes a show then of telling da- Daniel that he thinks uh, 1984 is boring and so is this boring lesson. And everyone's like, <laughs> yeah, we hate English. We want to watch the, we want to read The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Yeah, and then they're going, Caterpillar, Caterpillar. It is a, that I mean, no, that, I mean, that is, is classic fiction, George isn't it? George W. Bush's favourite book, according oh, to Oh yes, him. I remember that. So, so back at home, Daniel's letting off some steam to Ken, uh, Ken about the day. Like these kids, they don't want to learn about 1984. They want to read the very ha- honestly. If I was Daniel's so, such a wet blanket, isn't he? If I was, if I was um, Daniel, I'd say, all right, you want to read the very hungry caterpillar because you're a bunch of babies. You're a bunch of thicko babies. All right, we'll get it out if that's your, your mental level. Yeah, just. Just make them feel like they want to be challenged. Don't go, oh, no, we can't read The Very Hungry Caterpillar because we don't have a copy of it in the library. <laughs> what? Just imagine if in their exam in a couple of weeks' time, The Very Hungry Caterpillar comes up. It's one of the cool texts. I, I, it bothered me that Daniel made no attempt to explain to them that they were a bit above The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Like, it was an own goal. They're all sitting there going, we want to read a baby book. We want to read a baby book. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Anyway, so back, so Daniel's moaning to Ken about it and uh, says that Max was just trying to show off, but I'm not going to give up on this kid. And Ken says, that's what makes you a great teacher. I mean, s- screw all the other kids in the class, according to Daniel. Daniel's I, like, the, the other ones are favouritism to the neighbours' kids. I maybe feel a little bit guilty for pushing well, him downstairs know, last year. Well, pushed him down the stairs and now I feel bad. Yeah. But anyway, so um, that... he's not a great teacher. He's mediocre at best. He he is still new, and I'm I I mean, yeah, a little bit. I can't remember where he's up to with his qualification and everything because he was doing his PGCE last year, didn't he? Didn't he like qualify around March, April time, maybe last year, which is not when you qualify. But well, I think so. This is really it's only he is in his um his ECT year, which is your, your newly qualified teacher kind of a time. I can't remember what it stands for because it wasn't called that back in my day. Um, he's so not, he's he's been thrown into a very um, you know he wasn't trained for this type no, of no, teaching. No, no, what is he doing that then? Here's my other thing: storyline convenience. Daniel to me is not the sort of person who can handle challenging behaviour in classrooms. Daniel to me is the sort of person who should be teaching in private schools or mm. doing tutoring for middle class kids. Yeah, he he can't handle these children. The last time he was, you know, challenged by somebody, he he, he did. He pushed them down the stairs. <laughs> he has. He can't shown. cope with it. No, he. Th- I think he likes to think he's a bit of a cool teacher. He's but... not. He's no. just. A, it's just a big square. Yeah, he he really, really is. And he can't relate to these kids either. He just can't. Mm. When he was little, he's like, I dream of going to Oxford or Cambridge. They're like, well, how can I shank someone before breakfast? Well, he also had a long period of uh, raising himself. And did he, I can't remember, did he go to school in that time? I don't remember what his backstory was. He must have done, must have. Well, he must have gone to school, otherwise they would have sent him Yeah, the schools wouldn't have realised what was going on, but... Yeah, he, he's um, very much a, a he was little an, an boy, unusual upbringing. Uh, you know, I can imagine him tucking his chair under his the dining room table without ever being 
asked yeah. kind of a child. <laughs> right. Um. So we'll come back to that stuff in a minute, I think, because it does it does intermingle with the Ryan storyline. So reversing back now in time to Monday <laughs> and um, <laughs> back to Daniel again. He he was our you know main character this week. I'm going to say Daniel and Daisy, and he's not too happy to hear that she's been visiting Ryan recently, and she's just like, oh, I just feel really 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 sorry for him. Like you said earlier, he's really really isolated himself. So he's there alone in Carla and Peter's flat while they're swanned off on holiday somewhere, presumably coming back fairly soon. Um, and, and Daisy spends the week just going back and forth uh, to his flat to see if he's okay. Um, and then they they have a nice little chat and uh, this about is where... About the coronation. About the, yeah, exactly. This is when uh, Ryan's anti-monarchy views come out. Oh, um, but left, anyway, he's left alone left on his own later. should have left him to die later. on the sofa. <laughs> he's, you would, <laughs> Joking! <you>? Joking! <laughs> it's perfectly valid to not like the monarchy. It just doesn't um, align with our particular well, political it, viewpoint. It's, it's unfortunate because it, it kind of challenges you. An event does like that does challenge you to... Uh, to have a think about. I, on the, I don't mind whether Most people, people like generally it or not. don't care about it, do they? Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, Ryan's got this hospital appointment, hasn't he? Because as we find out later in the week, he's got a bit, bit of a gammy arm. And uh, yeah. he needs to, he needs to go off to the clinic to go and get it sorted. And uh, so he goes to the door and he has this over-edited scene where he's like going, oh, panic, panic. Oh, I can't go outside. So at the moment... This doesn't work for me anymore. It's happening. And I've been a champion of, of this kind of editing for a while. But I'm going to say we need to draw a line under it now because Ryan's got this, Amy's got this, Daisy has got this to a certain Summer extent. Summer has had it. Summer's had it. It's just too many people all having the same thing. And I think that they were going for a theme. Like, they were hoping that these separate stories would sort of build up on each other. And help us to build sympathy. But it doesn't feel that way. It feels they're all too separate from one another. The characters don't know each other. And it just so it just feels like the same story with different circumstances played over and over again. I don't mind about the range of stories. It's just the editing bits that I don't, well, I don't the like. Same, same this with is what Paul it means. as well. Like, we've been yeah. 60 years yes, without having to have one. sound effects that's, when someone's no, feeling start, a bit nervous. It's because... Uh, it's because that these are all completely different stories, but they're all boiled down to the same sound effect. Mm. So it cheapens the, it cheapens their experiences. It's supposed to put you in their um, footsteps. You know, you you feel like you're inhabiting their body and and feeling as much as you can how they are reacting to things. But it doesn't... I'm sorry, but it's been done too many times. I mean... We even had Alia at the beginning of the year having the same sort of thing. It's been months and months and months of... Ooh, like tell you what, if they start getting the music in them, although actually they did have a little bit of that, didn't they? They had a cheesy porn music. Oh, and they had the split screen. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that. Hate it. But um, yeah, there was even a scene. um, I think it was on Friday's episode where was it the beginning of the episode after the Coronation Street titles have come up? It like zooms. It not zooms in. It like unblurs into Ryan and Daisy sitting at the dining table at number one. What? What? Why do you need that? The only time I would accept just about. The unblurring effect on Coronation Street is if someone's waking up from something and there's and you're looking at it from their point of view. It's like, yeah, I don't need then. it. But it's like, that's a long, very, very traditional way of showing that kind of thing. But they, they really, I'm worried the Overdoing way that it's it. going. It's, it's unnecessary. And 
some it has been effective. Like yeah. I, I remember when when and again you didn't watch this when Sinead was told about her cancer being terminal. They used it then, and because it was a bit novel then, it had a much greater effect on me. But now every every, every time somebody's there in the consultant's office or or what have you, I'm like, here we go. It's going to have that sound effect. There it is. That and it it absolutely lost yeah, all become, impact for it's me. It's become like a joke. Yeah, a little bit. Anyway, so he he can't. He has a little bit of a panic. Um, he so he calls the clinic and says, "Sorry, I, I can't come. Um, I'll, I'll rebook it another time." Um, and he call, tries to call Daisy, but she doesn't reply. Staring at the door handles again, so he's having proper panic. Um, he manages to get through to Daisy later, and and she says, "Oh no, he doesn't." He phones her, and and Daisy sees the phone ringing, um, and tells Daniel, "Look, it's it's Ryan again. I'm going to ignore it." But Daniel's like, "No, no, it's it's fine." So Daisy goes out the back and then she um, puts on her crystal persona again with a secret extra phone and um, starts texting away um, as Crystal to Ryan. And he's like, uh, you know, he, he feels that this person is can talk to her about anything, um, understands him and everything. There's a distance between them so he can he can say whatever he wants. So he's talking about skipping his clinic appointment and Daisy, as Crystal is saying, look, you, you need to go to this. And he's like, yeah, I'll rebook for tomorrow. And she, she kind of settles down in this back room of the Rovers so that they can have a chat for a little longer. He even brings up the topic of Daisy. He's like, oh, remember Daisy? And so Daisy's clearly feeling oh, a little bit uncomfortable about this, especially like, he, what's he going to say about me? Is he going to maybe confess some feelings about me, I don't know. Um, he And he he tells Crystal that he wishes she was there and Daisy texts back, me too. And it's kind of around this time still, I'm starting to think, is Daisy still actually falling for Ryan or, or is she not? Um, it's still, to me, a little unclear at the end of the week. Is she harbouring some kind of feelings for him and using Daisy? Crystal as a way yeah, of... Yeah, obvious she is. Do you, uh... Yeah, I think so. We, we will see. So she goes. She's and... like Daniel's rubbish at teaching. Nineteen eighty-four. <laughs> she goes and visits him in the flash later, and um, he lies and says, "Oh yeah, I got my dates wrong. The clinic appointment's actually tomorrow." And she says, "Look, look I can come with you if you like." And he's like, "Yeah, cheers. We'll do that." He tells her about messaging Crystal and says, "It's it's really it's much easier to talk to someone who doesn't really know you sometimes." And Daisy's still there going, "Oh, it's me." <laughs> Well, I'm going to admit it any time now, maybe. And he says, oh, I do kind of fancy Crystal a little bit still. Um, really lovely that I've got both you and Crystal on my side. Oh, if only he knew. Another storyline, I just that reminded me, another storyline idea I had for this, because, I mean, Acid Ryan's going to be Acid Ryan for the rest of his life, isn't he? But um, Crystal Meth? No, Crystal Mess. Sorry. It's the sound like Crystal, crystal Mess. They're in a real Crystal Mess. It's not so good, is it? It's so, right. Wednesday, um, Daisy's going to go and see Ryan again. Um, and she and Daniel agree that they're going to go and have a lovely curry at Speed Dial later. Ooh, what a treat that will be. So she goes over to see Ryan. Um, and he now says he's moved his appointment to next week. He's really not feeling very well. And it turns out later that he's got... Um, uh, he's getting sepsis, isn't he? Because of his arm being so... Yeah, he's getting infection. And um, so he says, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to chill at home today. Daisy puts the kettle on. Um, but he's like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll be all right on my own. I'm going to text Crystal later anyway. Things are looking up there. I'm in there with Crystal. So she goes back to the pub, tells Jenny about Ryan being ill. And Jenny's like, look, um, she, uh, um, she says, Ryan's going to be texting Crystal later, she, she tells Jenny. And um, 
I'm not sure it's a good idea. So on Wednesday's episode, we do start to see a bit more of Daisy trying to put Ryan off Crystal, don't we? Um, because she knows that this is, um, you know, it's a fantasy. He, she's, she's deceiving him. He's kind of getting his hopes up about something that can't possibly happen. Um, he needs to be out there interacting with people face to face, she says. And Jenny's like, oh, there's no harm in it. Obviously, she doesn't know the what's really going on here. She says, look, he's, he's going to figure out soon uh, for himself that, that she's no good for him. So this is when we have that um, really bizarre scene of Ryan and Crystal texting away. And there was split screen and music. And I couldn't tell whether the music was supposed to be in the background. I'm going to... I'm going to cut Corey some slack and, and say Somebody this music, was to really either, music, either Ryan or Daisy was listening to some, yeah, some kind of cheesy music kind of stuff. Um, but it was bad. It was bad. It did, we didn't need a split screen of them looking at their phone to know what their reactions were and the mm. fact that they were texting. I hated it so much. I don't think I minded it as much as you, but... It was cringe. It's... It was the most cringe I've seen in Coronation Street for a long time. <laughs> she She's kind of talking about, um, she's like saying, oh yeah, it's great here on Ibiza, sun, sea and sex, to try and make him think, oh, she, she's, you know, she doesn't need me, she's not, I'm not her special little guy or anything. And then um, she says, <laughs> she tells him, um, little secret for you, I'm not really into electronic music, so she's trying all these different methods to, to, to try and put him off her. And she's, <laughs> I, I, she's thinking, I really like, and she goes to write pop, doesn't she? And yeah. she's like, no, that's probably, I'm not going to put that. Jenny, what music are you into? What's that the most off-putting thing I can think I of? I loved that she asked Jenny this. And Jenny says? <laughs> well, country music. I, like I do not believe that Jenny is into country music. No, Although, I don't. you know, country well, music's not... I don't mind country music too Lil much. Lil Who? I'm gonna take my oh, him. horse to the um, old town road. I, I don't mind country too much. I never Dolly listen Parton. to it. Yeah, maybe there's that's, some really maybe nice, that's who Jenny's there's, into. There's actually some really nice country songs. It's just not a genre that we really listen to in this country, I don't think. Well, no, it's, it's never on, is it? No. But when I, I remember when I went on holiday to Florida when I was younger, and we were driving down the down the roads, the big, straight <laughs> long roads in, Corrid- in Florida, and all the radio channels was all it? just had, yeah, it was wall-to-wall country oh, music. Wow. Yeah. So um, anyway, J- Jenny really likes country music, so so Crystal texts that she likes country music too. <laughs> and then that comes back to bite her in the bum later, doesn't it? Because Ryan says, oh, I really like <laughs> country music too so I'm surprised but I'm cool with that uh, honestly unlikely. I think she underestimates how much a, a man who thinks he's onto a promise will say he likes anything <laughs> yeah well maybe that maybe that is true maybe he's I'm, just... I'm genuinely thinking to myself that I mean you know I don't yeah I am kind of making fun of Brian a little bit but he's got no friends if he, he's the sort she's underestimating how much he desperately needs a connection with somebody and if I was Ryan and I f- was staring down, you know, decades of isolation and misery, and, uh, but my I had a, a lifeline to somebody, but they said I don't I, I like country music. That would also not be a deal breaker <laughs> to me. I'd be like, fine, all right, tell me some good songs. I mean, not, not only does he not have any friends, also, I mean, how long, how long has it been since the acid attack now? Five, six weeks. Still no Michelle, sign of Michelle. Michelle's very sick. <laughs> she, she's had a really, really, really bad operation. Really bad operation. And, um, and, and, and who knows about Dr. Ali? I mean, so his, his fake brother and actually his fake mum 
And his real mum, Wendy's not. <laughs> no one cares. Like, literally. Nobody cares about this guy apart from the ca- characters that conveniently happen to be around. Like, Debbie. That's Aww. one thing I've really enjoyed. Like Debbie's loyal she's just friend. his ex-boss. I know, but they've got a deep connection because they're both They robbed criminals. a bistro together. I'm loving... Her loyalty to him I mean, is just so endearing. It really is. And, and Debbie's barely featured in the show in the last year I mean, if so. you also... And so it's really nice that she's been involved in this in, in a small way. If you think about the fact that Debbie has, you know, she she is um, of an she's an older woman, but she doesn't have uh, children or a, or a husband. She's got Ronnie, but maybe she feels like he's kind of a, a, a son. Yeah, her. I think he's maybe a bit of a surrogate son to her. I like that idea. Yeah, me too. I, I think I think it's great. But again, Ryan's being a bit like Summer, isn't he? He's collecting mm. parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, anyway, so Debbie, speaking of Debbie, she's in the pub later, and and she's uh, and Daisy's there talking to her about Crystal and everything, and Debbie's like, oh, I don't know whether that sounds healthy. Then Daisy gets a voice message from Ryan, thinking he's messaging Crystal. Saying, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm a bit surprised about this country music thing. I'm really into it too. No, he says, I'm cool with the fact you're into it. Yeah, but he also says, look, I've made a decision. I'm going to come to Ibiza to see you. <laughs> He's looking a little bit worried. I mean, I, I, at the end, we'll talk about all the daisy hatred that there's been this week. But she's certainly kind of setting herself up for um, him being quite cross with her. Especially if he takes a trip to... Ibiza and and goes and hunts down real Crystal and finds out that she's got no idea what he's talking about. I mean, it's certainly possible that Crystal could even turn up in Weatherfield again. Daisy's she must know that at some point there's quite a high probability that this is going to come back and bite her in the bum royally. She's a soap character for heaven's sake. Anyway, um, Daisy. um, Daisy's like going. Yeah, she goes to see. She goes to see him and says. Get, don't go don't, to Ibiza. Don't go to Ibiza. Don't go to Crystal. Um, she she's also a little bit worried because he's he's there saying he's got a bit of a dodgy tum. But um, he says like I'll I'll do something if it gets worse. So they carry on chatting, and then he oh no yeah this this is when she says um, going to Ibiza would be a big step, and he's like hang on a minute, how do you know about me going to Ibiza? I've not told you that. <laughs> ugh, ugh, advert break cliffhanger and resolution is I saw it on your laptop. Um, and so he's like, he buys that, and um, he says, well, yeah, I, I really think I'd quite like to go. I need to push myself. I need to get out there. In fact, let's go for a walk. So then they have a really, really lovely couple of scenes where he's there at the, um, at the Rovers. He kind of steals himself to go in first, doesn't he? Because he's walking down the street. I mean, <laughs> it was snowing in Weatherfield this week. <laughs> I remember when we had this batch of snow a couple of months ago and I thought, this is going to look really weird in May. I didn't realise at the time that it was going to coincide with the coronation, which has uh, been even funnier. But yeah, there was um, certainly inclement weather. Although I mean, it wasn't too long ago we had a little bit of hail here, I suppose, didn't we? Anyway, so he he's, he takes his hood down, walks into the Rovers. Debbie there, absolutely lovely. Mega chuffed to see him, gives him a big hug. Um, Jenny there, tears oh, in her Jenny eyes. Oh, Jenny was so lovely. She cried. Yeah. I love Jenny. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, and, and More Jenny. De- De- Debbie's, like, really cool with it because she's saying, like, oh, you know, how can we talk about it? She She's, like, very open and upfront and, like, can we kind of make jokes about your face yet? And I think that's what he needs, people to normalise it because he doesn't want people staring at him, although as the whole of these scenes kind of show, he is going to have to get used to it. But to have Debbie there just... You know, she's there for him. 
whatever the state of his face in, it's something that he's got to live with. So it's quite cool that she's she's very open about she's it. She's on I her thought. side. Yeah, exactly. Like if, if I was to pick a couple of champions, I would like to pick Debbie and Sally. Um, mm. Jenny. Jenny, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so they they have a sit down, and there's a couple of customers giving him looks, um, and then um, they, then it kind of skips, and and there's a, a little unnecessary scene I think where he has a, a Justin flashback as as Ronnie comes out the loose holding a glass or something, but he he gets you would like, though, yeah, maybe you would, but I, with everything else that had happened editing wise this week, it didn't. This was all. This was kind of like oh, here we go again. Yeah, I know. Um, that's what that's what I was saying that you know the the odd occasion of it can be impactful, but it shouldn't be part of the normal day to day routine of Corey editing. Yeah, it's, true. It's... Uh, anyway, so he he they they, they leave Den- um, Debbie and Ronnie um, and Ryan's at the bar talking to Daisy about how it's oh it's a little bit better than I've expected. It's like the attack never happened. Um, everything's gone back to normal. Um, and you know what? I, I I feel really normal now. So then Sarah comes in, and I think that this was really important seeing that this happened. I don't know why it happened to, had to be Sarah that does it, but she kind of avoids looking at him, doesn't she? She's like, hi, Dan- uh, Ryan, sorry, and then looks away. And uh, because she doesn't... Want to stare? No. She's trying Which is, to And that's casual. a perfectly, perfectly natural thing to do. She she tries to act casual, and the two ways of acting casual is looking away so you're not staring at it, or acting casual like Debbie was earlier and sort of saying, hey, there's your face melted, you know? And um, and Sarah, don't blame her at all for this. And I no, do blame I her for other all. things that she's done this week. But I, I think that lots of people would do exactly the same thing. And she gets a bit of an, a, a Jenny she Bradley really death awkward. stare, doesn't she? Well, and, th- and then not, then not they... that bad. No, little it's Daisy one. that really has a go. Yeah, Daisy. She's like, you, you, don't you treat him like like this? Don't refuse to look at him. It makes him feel bad. Yeah. And then Jenny says, Sarah's trying her best, actually, but she'll know better next time, won't you, Sarah? She, yeah, she she did. Jenny gives a look like, oh, you've played that wrong, Sarah. But she does try and rein Daisy in because Daisy's had no time to get used to this and she's well, really trying to do her best for Ryan. Daisy saw Ryan. She was freaking out. Yeah, I don't know in, in who, the where she's getting off. <laughs> anyway, um, they, they, Jenny also says to Debbie, look, uh, Jen, Daisy, sorry, Ryan's just going to get have to get used to people looking at him in different ways. So then Daniel comes into the pub to see Daisy and he, he's clearly been a bit miffed because she's been there with Ryan all day. He's getting a little bit jealous. Um, but he tells Ryan it's good to see him out of the bout and Ryan, boot, and then Ryan heads off home. End of the day, Daisy's exhausted, says to Daniel, look, can we, I, I don't, I'm not in the mood for speed dial, can we just go home? Um, Ryan came in, um, coming in for me the, for, the, for the first time, brought it all back, and Daniel says, look, you, you and Ryan are always going to have a bond over this attack that happened, it's, it's fine, Yeah, they're honestly. sitting in a booth here, and Ryan's, Ryan's left. Yeah, that's right, that's right, sorry, yeah, they're not at home, are they here? Daisy says, look, booth. I just feel, feel really sorry for Ryan. But to be honest, I'm just camping down the days until I can ditch him. But oh no! What? He's come back for his phone and he's overheard the whole thing. I don't oh. this. Never say anything in that booth or anywhere okay. that you would <laughs> that you wouldn't be happy to swear in court because somebody's going to be listening that's going to get um, mightily annoyed or suspicious by it. So Ryan leaves this pub and he's just like gutted because he thought that he had this special relationship with Daisy. She's been treating him really lovely, but now he thinks that she's just been. Um, 
stringing him along all this time and, well, and it's nothing just worse, pitying him. Yeah, than feeling like people feel pity for you, mm. I think. So Friday, Daisy and Daniel are talking about what they had discussed previously. Yeah, she, she's kind of saying, breakfast. look, I'm not really trying to ditch him, but I do feel sorry for him. Um, and this is where it's like a... Does she fancy him? Is she just pitying him? Um, is she now trying to... You know, was she trying to deflect Daniel off the scent of fancying Ryan a little bit? I think it's she protesteth too much. I wonder. I, do, I, don't, need, I don't need Daisy and Dan, uh, Ryan to have a no. relationship. I'm perfectly happy with uh, Daniel and uh, Daisy together. I, I think that they're a great couple. Can da- I... Daniel can be a bit of a wet blanket and Daisy and Ryan are also nice together, but I don't need that relationship. Can I give a bit of a critique here in general of Coronation Street? You may. And it's been going on for a while now. It's not just recently. That they can't just let a dramatic story speak for itself. They have to add all these accoutrements that actually bring interesting and unique scenarios and they turn them into boring soap tropes. So they take Ryan having an acid attack and they turn it into a love triangle between Daisy, Ryan and Daniel. They take Paul having MND and dealing with a a fatal uh, degenerative disorder and they turn it into he's worried about Gemma and he turns to crime. We could have had a crime story with Paul without having MND. We could have had a love triangle with Ryan, Daisy and Daniel without having the acid attack. They don't need to resort to these very boring... I don't particularly I've, mind I'm sorry, but I'm going gonna, no, gonna to say that I feel like they're ignoring human drama created from scenarios that they've constructed in favour of very bog-standard soapy nonsense that we could have had without all these extra elements i think that if i if the storyline engages me enough then it doesn't really bother me and i am actually liking all of this but wouldn't you have preferred to have actually seen just ryan just just struggling with with the the aftermath of his acid attack i think they they, they feel like they there needs to be a story in there sometimes but there is that's the story you don't need to add an extra story I think that they're I think that they're creating these really interesting scenarios and then ignoring them in favour of bog standard common stuff we've been watching for the past, you know, sixty years. They've got to have those cliffhangers, haven't they? Can you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah of course I can. Yeah, I, I don't fully I, I, agree. I think it's if, a big if it's mistake. a story that I'm enjoying, why not just have Ryan, Daisy, and Daniel love triangle then? Well, they could. Well, exactly. Why have the acid attack then? I, I'm... I, I I totally get what you're saying, and but I, it's it, well, this in this particular instance. You're not it's the not only one who me. who would disagree with me, but I also think there are plenty of people. Oh yeah, exactly. Who are also getting a bit fed up with this? It's like what happened with when Sinead died, and it turned into a Daniel's going off and kissing Bethany storyline. No, there's I... enough raw human emotion and drama in these very serious subjects and and exam, you know events that we don't need to to go back to the same old well yeah no I, that's I just get... my that's just yeah, my fine. big criticism that is okay yeah, and i am getting a bit fed up with these really interesting ideas that Corey keeps coming to us with that then get turned into something mm. very very mundane okay. in my opinion so um ryan's ryan's at home uh, and he's kind of peeling back his arm <laughs> bandage isn't he and, 
Fair play. That was a great, right. but, nice uh, props department. You, not props, um, prosthetics, makeup department. Oh, that reminded me. Oh my goodness, you didn't oh, watch the video. Didn't watch the video. So Coronation Street have put a video on their YouTube um, last night, didn't they? It was like seven, eight, nine minutes. I can't remember. We just don't have time. Of, we don't have time. That, well, actually, so. we did because we had a little lunch before this. I'm not watching that while I'm eating my lunch. Okay, well, there's, there's, I, we, we must watch it at some time, but it's a behind the scenes how week. they cast um, Ryan Prescott's face and everything, and, and and I don't know anything else what's in it, but um, yeah, go go and check that out, and um, that's check it worth watching. But anyway, he's got a really get that's a, that was a gross gammy arm, and it's like proper like yellowy wet. white pus and wet and soggy, Wait, and it's like are not one to hear. That was almost like that's too much for Coronation Street. I'm going to say. It doesn't bother me at all, but I think there might have been some people that if they'd have been Thought eating their dinner while they were watching that, Especially maybe wouldn't have Especially if you're having a nice runny it. egg. Yeah, or a nice, uh, nice lasagna or something. Oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway, um, his arm's not looking very not good. good. But um, he covers it up quickly when Daisy comes round with a coffee and a croissant. Which? Austrian. Did you know that? Yeah. Roy told her. Um, so well, she... We had a conversation about... Oh, never mind. I haven't got time. She notices that Ryan's still looking a bit peaky and he's like, no, 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 I'm fine. But he's obviously very short with her because of what he overheard last night. And it doesn't take him long to say, well, I I was in the pub. I heard you saying Ooh. that you're just waiting to ditch me. Um, so this is where we're going to oh, go no. merge between storylines here. So Daniel, meanwhile, um, is at home at number one and um, making well, the interesting... Well, does does she not say sorry about that? She does oh, after okay. this scene. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, is Daniel a good teacher? No. Does, is this the best thing to do? So he's he's found a secret heart to heart video message from Max on his phone. What am I going to do about it? I know. I'm going to smuggle a phone with a video message of my own to him in. What could possibly go wrong? I'm sure I won't get caught. And to be fair, he doesn't, or he hasn't done yet anyway. Oh, yeah. But. Oh, I'm going to say that's not the most sensible move, Daniel, if you want to keep your job. So, he, he, you know, his heart's in the right place. And I'm going to say that maybe if you're a new teacher, you might not think of the consequences of all this. And, you know, you're doing it for the kids and everything. And he just, just wants to connect to Max. But seriously, yeah, so he does another we're giving, giving a phone with a secret video on to a child in his class, that is completely overstepping the boundaries of what should be, um... <laughs> just really jumped... Abby just jumped on my lap and I had no idea she was here. Hello. Really, really overstepping the boundaries of what is appropriate it, it's in also this situation. quite bad, re- also, because Max is in there because he was groomed. So Daniel's like, ah, oh, he's really susceptible to being groomed. What if I groom him for good? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he's just saying that... What look, if I groom him into really liking English you... literature? <laughs> <laughs> he says, he's trying to groom him into, you can talk to me if you need to. It sounds so It wrong. could be really dodgy. It really is dodgy. Um, but anyway, I don't know whether it was supposed to, but it, it could be. He's such a dumb idiot. <laughs> so back to Daisy. She's explaining to Ryan... Oh yeah, um, well, I didn't, I didn't mean it. Uh, you see, he won't let her. He's, he's heard what he heard. He's not interested in her explanations. He's like, why do you keep coming around if you just want to ditch me? You're trying to raise your conscience about it. And she says, no, look, I care about you. Honestly, we're mates. And he's like, no, we're bloody well not. Um, she says, look, I just didn't want Daniel to be put out because you know I'm, I'd spent the day with you. And he's like, not interested. You said what you said. Must have meant it. Chucks her out, and then he goes and runs to the loo to throw up. When I was watching this the first time, I was thinking, 
Is he just like super in love with Daisy and he's sad? I know, I wondered as well. And and, and reading back on the notes, the clues had been... The breadcrumbs had been laid yeah. there for us. But with all the stuff about, oh, there's something wrong with me, I need to go to the clinic, I'd been kind of avoiding that because in my head it was just... He, there was nothing really wrong I with him. He just, he just needed to go for a checkup, or, you know, it was just the way of showing he doesn't want to leave the house. He yeah, doesn't want yeah, to. True. So I, I didn't actually think that anything would come to this. Yeah, so no. when he went and was sick in the toilet, I was like, wow, What's he's going on got here? really he's intense really feelings going on here. But um, that was, that was again, pretty, pretty raw. And also, um, not something you want to watch when you're eating. No. Um, back at the prison, after... obviously, obviously, Coronation Street thinks everybody's eaten by eight. <laughs> yeah, clearly. And if not, it's your own problem. So um, Daniel gives Max this phone before hurrying him off the room. Now, again, I didn't notice this at the time. I don't know whether I've not been paying attention. Quite possibly, after no. time, at least, after time, at least when I'm watching Coronation Street, my eyes are furiously on my laptop screen. But this was this is the crystal phone, isn't it? Yeah. I didn't I didn't realize this, and I'm sure it was supposed to be completely obvious because it's it's like is it like a light lilac sort of colour this phone? Um it it does stand out, but he's now got this phone that that um, Ryan's been texting Crystal with. So he gives it to Max and then says, Off you go off you out of class, off, there's, off there's, there's something in there for you. Um Daisy goes back to the pub, tells Jenny about Ryan and Jenny's like, Look, don't worry about it too much. Ryan's probably just gonna she's just gonna chat with Crystal and it and he'll be fine. Um, and then Debbie comes in and tells Daisy, oh, Daisy, you're such a good sport for looking after Ryan. Good on you, girl. And then Daisy starts to panic because she can't find her crystal phone. And this is a yes. brilliant moment. She's trying to text him to reassure him. Yeah, but her phone's not there. Mm. And I was like, oh, they're doing this. This is not often, really, in Coronation Street that things like, Something really that piques your interest. Is, I'm not saying, yeah, I'm never interested in current. It's not no, like no, that. No, no, but it it's wasn't like, like a, ooh. No, this was a, ah, oh, that's really, oh, yeah. that's going oh, to be gonna juicy. That's pigeons. really going to cause a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. And it, the way that it played out in the end, I was a little bit let down because yeah, by the end of the episode. It was solved very quickly. Yeah, Daniel's got his phone back and it's all out in the open. I think that there was a lot more that they could have done Maybe with something... Max having this crystal phone. Well, he's also he's so manipulative. Um, I'm surprised because Max has has proven himself to be manipulative mm. and Machiavellian in the past, but he seems too out of his depth in prison to do much with it. But he could have blackmailed Daniel with this information, yeah. and he chose not to. Yeah, and he Is could that, have been a bit of a kingpin with the phone and, as think well. That or... he's sort of overcome that and become more morally superior. I, I or... think I think we are. I don't buy it for a minute. But anyway. Um... She, she's she's panicking now um, and then she, she rushes off um, Ryan meanwhile is having a suffering time on the sofa he's kind of shaking and the lights are off and he's you know not looking too good Daisy um, gets home and finds Daniel there and says but where's my phone have you seen my, my spare phone and he's like oh yeah I, I gave it to Max <laughs> unsurprisingly she calls him an utter idiot for doing this or, or, or thereabouts it's like that that's that's my other phone. how do you know why do you give him a phone you bloody idiot you can't do this um and and she she knows that what he might find on this phone if, if it's not found and this is where she says you did take the sim card out at least didn't you and he's like oh yeah i forgot about that Bloody fool, Daniel, honestly. So Ryan calls Crystal, leaves a message saying, oh, I'm not doing so well, I just need a call, please help me. Like, 
Ryan has got to, he has got to smell a rat soon because this has been going on for what, two, three weeks now and he has not had a conversation with her, like a voice conversation. It's all been text, hasn't it? And I would, I'd maybe start to be thinking, is she really not that into me? Or, or what? Do you, don't you think that he should be suspicious that he's not heard her voice throughout all of I'd this? I'd be and starting to get my nose put out of joint if I was him and I'm sending voice messages and trying to ring her and she never picks up and she's only ever wants to text me. I think I'd take that as a fairly clear message that I'm keeping mm. you at a distance and I don't actually want that kind of relationship with you. But then, you know, I think that, you know, to stereotype things that people have told me not that I've seen well I've seen this from you a little bit men don't seem to pick up on hints <laughs> you see that from me a lot but you know what I mean I, I think that I think that if there's a glimmer of hope and he is feeling very desperate and very isolated I want to tell him you know a PSA here that if you're ill you need to phone an ambulance or your doctor not a woman who you think is in I prefer. She's not going to help you, is she? No. Not really. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, over at the prison, this is where we have we've got a bit more character development of Gav, um, haven't I'm we? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not keen on Gav. I don't get. I him. wasn't. So uh, in, on Monday and Wednesday's episode, he he and some of the other guys there were just token baddie. No, not They're even bullies. baddies were they? Bullies or like, kind of they're kind of the class clowns, aren't they? Like I don't care about this. I'm gonna. It wasn't Gav the one that was last week talking about going over and bringing two birds home or something with him. I can't remember. He's he's just a bit of a joker, but also a bit of a nasty streak. No, um, but actually, I think that Friday's episode did quite a good job of making him into more of an interesting character. Um, he reminds me a little bit of. Um, Keenan from Keenan and Kel, you know, Saturday Night Live guy, just with his like big wide smile and and, and like chubby cheeks and stuff like that. He's as a bit and a bit of a um, comedian. Okay. Well, that's what I'm getting from him, and, and so because he's reminding me of him, I'm kind of getting like so he's could be no, quite cool me, vibes. He just seems like a smiling assassin. I don't know. See, when they've had they've had this type of character, well, they've had. Prison friends before, <laughs> haven't they? Well, sometimes they turn out quite well. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, we had Craig in prison with... Oh, sorry for Craig. Craig Gazy plays him. Graham, who was mm. in prison Dan with David. David. We had um, Paul, also in prison with David. Both turned out to be regular characters. Yeah, that's actually so an interesting point. I'm yeah. wondering whether they're get out? floating the boat for Gav to get out and be a regular character on the street. And from what I've seen, I, I think that he could be, you know away from the, the, the situation where he's in where it's every man for himself and I'm, I'm bullying to keep my head, you know, to be top dog or whatever. I think that out of prison, he could be a quite charming, cheeky, chappy kind of character. Mm. Maybe. I, I'm sure it probably won't happen, but I, I there's... Anyway. So just putting it out there, just floating that idea. Anyway, so he, he comes into the... Um, into, into Max's cell and finds him watching um, the message that Daniel left him. And he snatches it off his phone and it's like, where'd you get this phone from? Meanwhile, Daniel's trying to reassure Daisy um, that um, he's going to get, get this phone back. And she says, look, <laughs> to be you honest, to. that's not all I'm worried about at the moment. I've just come back from Ryan and he overheard me slagging him off last night. And Daniel says, look, it's all right. Look, just give him a bit of space. Everything's going to be cool there. Ryan's going to be fine. Cut to Ryan. 
falling unconscious on the sofa. So Max tells Gav, oh, this is this is Mr. Osborne's phone. He gave it to me so that I can film a journal, which is true. Dan I think Daniel did say something about that, didn't he? Like, Max, you want to express your feelings. I know you can't do it in class, so why don't you send me private messages? <laughs> the more you talk mm. about this, the more dodgy seems it seems. Seems rather. So, anyway, um... As Gav's got the phone, this is when Daisy's voice message comes through to uh, as Crystal to Ryan. And they both have a listen to it. And it's like, what's going on here? Max is very confused about what's happening there. But before he can process it, Gav um, takes the opportunity to, to do a runner because he wants to use this phone to phone his girlfriend on the outside. So um, they're running through the prison and then bump into Daniel, takes the phone off of him. And Max says him tells him about the voicemail, said, you better listen to this. There's something really weird on your phone. Um, so, English lesson number two of the day starts with somebody throwing a rubber at Max, who, and Max kind of, he tries to stand up for himself, doesn't he? He strides over and he, he slams his hand down on the desk and says, oh, you, you threw that rubber at me. eraser. Yes, 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 of course. Um, and, um, and they say, oh, why don't you just talk to your new BFF, Mr. Osborne, then? But, and this is, again, what has made me, um, come round to Gab a little bit more. He's the one that comes and diffuses the situation, doesn't he? Because earlier on in the week, he was there um, spoiling for a rumble a bit with Max. And and I don't know whether it's... Is it because he's kind of starting to like Max more or is it because Max... Is, he at, at this stage, he thinks that Max has still got the phone, doesn't he? So he's thinking, can I get something out of this? Can I can I talk to, to my girl on the outside? But anyway, for whatever reason it is, he comes and breaks things up. Meanwhile, Daisy's rushing over to Ryan's flat, hammering on the door. Daniel has... Um, seemingly told her about this message by this point. And um, Debbie finds her banging on the door there, um, lets, us, lets himself into the flat. Back to the prison again, and Max is thanking Gav for breaking things up earlier. And Gav's like, well, yeah, you, you, owe, you owe me for, you know, you had a phone, and I can use your phone, can't I? I can call my girlfriend. And Max says, oh, sorry, uh, I gave the phone back. And Max is, and, and Gav is surprisingly cool with it. Uh, maybe he's At thinking that, for now, yeah, maybe he's thinking he's going to be able to get that phone back again sometime uh, or maybe he's just a nice guy. Don't know. I don't think so. Um, Debbie, that nice. Oh, mm, they're all yeah. They're all a bunch of criminals. What's he in for? They? What's he in for? Mm? Yeah. Stealing phones. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Debbie and Daisy run inside Gary's. Uh, Gary, what? I don't know where Gary is at the moment. They probably run inside exactly. Gary's flat. He's dead. He's been lying dead for three months. <laughs> that explains it all. <laughs> um, Debbie and Daisy run into Ryan's flat, find him out cold there. Debbie's phone in the ambulance. And um, after the break, they're at the hospital. Daniel turns up. And this is when they find out that Ryan's got sepsis. Oh, and I don't dying. think, I don't think, and maybe this was a bit of a missed opportunity for a call out, that Debbie mentions Jack who lost his leg due to sepsis. That wasn't part of the script, was it? Could have lost his face. Kind of should have been. Hmm? It's actually his arm, isn't it? It's his arm, yeah, exactly. He lost his arm. Could have lost his arm, could have come off. So anyway, the, this, the skin graft is, is very, very effect, uh, infected and, and Daisy's blaming herself. She turns to talk to Daniel about it and he is not looking happy at all with this mess that she's got herself into and him into as well. So after hearing about what's going on, Daniel says, this just sounds proper messed up. You're talking to Daniel. You're pretending to be Crystal. You're talking this to feels Ryan. To, uh, Ryan, sorry, thank you. He's like, this feels like you're cheating on me. <gasps> and I don't blame him for thinking that. I wouldn't like the idea that you were pretending to be someone else, texting somebody well, else. Hang on, no, no, no. It's pretending to be a woman to to text somebody who who thinks that they are flirting with you. Yeah. 
I think that's perfectly that's reasonable, Daniel's reaction to just, this. Just pretending to be anybody texting someone else is fine. I do that all the time. <laughs> She's like, um, I just thought maybe it'd be better if you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can't bla- you can't falter for honesty on that one. No, I, I mean yeah, right. So uh, it would be better. He, he's very annoyed about this and, and huffs mm. off. There's, Daisy goes and sits with Debbie and Ryan in the room, and and Debbie's like saying, "Oh Ryan, here comes Daisy. You're so lucky to have her." So Daisy gets back home later and apologizes to Daniel for everything, and he's been looking through these messages and finds that they're actually fairly tame. There's nothing, no saucy, sexy talk she's between not them. Flirting, is there? She's really. She, she's just not really. She's just being friendly chat with him yeah uh, and he uh, yeah I, I think if I was Daniel I would still you know whether not there was flirting keen. or not no and she's like look, I promise babe this isn't going to be forever just until Ryan's stronger whenever that is so and, and they and, kind of they know, make up and they love each other and... if anybody's going to get in trouble for sending secret messages it should be Daniel because actually it's illegal what, what he's doing. What he's doing is, yeah. Um, Daniel heads off to bed at the end of the episode. Daisy gets a ding on the crystal phone and it's another voice message from Ryan. And What's he like, say this time? Oh, all this today has made me realise that I think I'm falling in love with you. Oh, and nuts. Daisy's like, oh, I'm just too attractive and alluring. Like, I can't even help it. Even when I'm pretending to be something else yeah. in word form. She's like, I guess it must be... People can't help falling in love with me. Not just my beautiful face, but my beautiful personality. Must be. That attracts all the life. So... So, 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 I want to kind of start straight away by saying, what's your stance on Daisy? Because it feels like a lot of the internet are against her. And I can't believe that I'm in this position, you know. <laughs> scroll back two years and tell, tell 2021, Michael, that I'd be here being a staunch Daisy defender. But yeah, I I, I don't feel the, the hatred, even though I can see that she's done she's a done really, really, really stupid, stupid thing. thing. It's one of these things where I make an exception for characters I like for doing silly things because I say it weren't them honest, it were the writers what done it. It it feels like I forgive her because I feel like it's a silly situation that she wouldn't really do in real life. I don't. I'm not even blaming the writers on this one. And although I fully understand that She's she shouldn't have done this. <laughs> I can see that sometimes you get yourself into a situation that you feel you can't get out of, and she's trying to tunnel out of this hole that she's it dug always, herself yeah. into. Is just making it worse, and we we've all been there. Maybe not in the exact same uh, circumstances here, but it all started she's off. Try, she's trying to do what's best for him and stop him from falling deeper into the pits of despair. It all started off when Crystal led Ryan up the garden path regarding her thoughts about him and and their future and his future as a DJ. Yeah. And she was trying to mitigate this disaster that she felt was going to set him back. But it was also semi Daisy's fault anyway, because she was the one that gets Crystal to go to the hospital, isn't she? Well, she, he was, yeah, she was trying to fix her mistake, but she was also trying to give him a glimmer of hope when he was in the absolute depths of despair and feeling as though there was no future. And she was trying to give him something, but it's false hope. And now she's in too deep. And what was once, you know, just a a promise of a future is now feeling a lot more concrete to Ryan. And so it's going to be even more devastating for him when he realises that it's all a lie. Yes, and, and I think and she realises this. He could lose both of his friends now. 
if he discovers that Crystal and, and Daisy are the same person, he's going to be betrayed and he will have nobody he can trust. Mm. So, you know, I feel I feel sorry for her as much as I do him because in trying to help him, she has only made it worse mm. because she also is, in a way, trying to assuage her conscience by doing something nice for Ryan because she's trying to empower herself because it really, you know, it's not her fault, but he's the reason that she... She's the reason he was splashed with acid because of her stalker. So she's trying to gain control of a situation where she's been completely disempowered. But you know, this is a bit of a disaster, isn't it? Yeah, I think that she. Um, it's also worth mentioning that she she has been trying to put him off Crystal as well. Yeah, she tried. Wednesday's episode was all trying to say. Didn't she talk about waxing her toes or something? And There's all these things trying to make to be gross. Yeah, and like country music. <laughs> so she's I think the when she got herself into this situation she obviously didn't expect it to snowball the way it has but some, again when you sometimes get yourselves into situations like this you think oh I'll, I'll, I'll think of a way to get out of it later this is but for now this is what I need to do and I mm. think this this has come back to bite her and it's also unfortunate too that Ryan is looking for love in all the wrong places because mm. he it was sort of rebuffed by Alia yeah. He's been single for a while and trying to find a girlfriend and now he feels like he's got a chance with somebody. Yeah. And I'm it's d- so heartbreaking because it's really unfair on him. It's really, really heartbreaking this is. I feel so bad for Ryan and, and He's gonna feel like such an idiot. That, yeah. that's the sad it's thing. It's gonna come out. He's I've, gonna I've... feel stupid. He's gonna feel like he should have known and he's gonna feel like of course nobody would love me because of how I look. And mm. it's going to set him back to an even worse situation than yeah. he would have been if yeah, she had never is. got involved. I'd like... I, I, I dread that happening so much because I, I really feel for it's Ryan inevitable. that I almost kind of want it to be something that never comes out. But that doesn't <laughs> happen do. on soap, is, does it? It's, it's going to... It's, it's going it's to yeah, come, gonna come out. Um, so, yeah. Um, I've, I, I was also thinking that does is this the reaction that Coronation Street thought people would have to Daisy? Is did they think that the majority would not take her side, or did they think that we'd feel sorry for her? Because we're now two, three weeks away from the British Soap Awards, where Charlie Jordan's up for all these awards, the Acid Story's yeah, up for true. awards and everything. And if they're turning, you know, your leading lady, which is what she is at the moment, mm. into a character that people leading don't performer. like, um. Is this gonna, you know, is this gonna be bad for her chances? her chances? Although, also to be fair, most of the categories in the BSAs are panel voted, aren't they? And I think that the the panel would hopefully be able to overlook what's going on at the moment. I mean, Daisy is well, such a hugely popular character. I don't think this is going to be more is, than a blip in her popularity. This is a bit like, you know, we, we've had all these discussions about the categories and whether the categories are right or wrong. But should there not just be a category for character rather than actor? And I, I feel as though people vote for the character and they feel as though they're voting for the actor and they feel like they know the actor, but they don't really. Mm. They just know the character. So I think the BSAs, it'd be nice if they transitioned a bit more into fan voting for your favourite character. And and let's lean into this internet culture of, of you know, shipping and, and fangirling and fanboying or whatever you want to call it. Over, over the characters and the relationships and the situations and let's sort of have a technical jury voted or panel voted 
for, for performances. It's, t- it's really tricky because they've gonna... already got best leading character and best dramatic performance. No, and best there's... leading performer. Yeah, sorry, best leading performer and best dramatic performance. And there's already a blurring of the lines between of them. Of course and I there think is. They're having this one would make it even worse. So we're just saying that one would be fan voted and one would be panel voted. I... I'm going to say, and I don't think, I think this is easy to, to take offence to probably, um, but I don't, I don't mean, I, I genuinely think that people, more people are more popular, actors and characters get turned into one big blender mess by most people. Yeah. And you, and people get confused about what, whether they like the actor or the performer better. And there are some excellent performances, some truly, truly fantastic, wonderful, award-worthy performances by actors who are playing characters that aren't that liked. Mm. And if we made a bit of a more distinction between somebody like Charlie Jordan, who is hugely talented and also incredibly popular on the internet because of you know the demographic she appeals to, which is young girls... Young young girls mm. on online on Twitter and things, they see themselves in her and they think she's brilliant. And she is brilliant, but there are other people that are overlooked. Yeah, no, that's no, all no. I'm saying. And I think it's more honest if the the vote is for the character rather than the actor. Mm. Yeah, no, that. Okay. And then what you're saying about you know, oh, is she actually that laudable because she's lying to Ryan, etc. That then becomes a more valid discussion regarding do you award the character with this award mm. because really it's not Char- Charlotte Jordan's fault that Daisy's you know g- being given this particular role to play in this storyline yeah she's still p- p- performing it properly she's still doing a fantastic that's what I'm saying I don't want somebody to lose out on an award because the character is being written in a di- in a way that might not appeal to the fan base mm. I mean that, that's it's sort, very sort of thing that might have got in the way of uh, lovely Georgia Taylor getting some awards last year it's after very, she callously murdered Imran it's very frustrating and you know we always used to make fun because we we started back in the days when we still had sexiest soap star yeah and that was always laughable but in a way it was more honest honestly it was more <laughs> honest because people were voting for what they saw with their eyeballs and you can't really argue about the nuances of Sexiest Soap Star. I honestly think they only got rid of it because... Um, it's not PC, is no, it? No, because Tina, um, Tina, Tina McIntyre uh, yeah. kept... Uh, what's her name? Michelle Keegan. Michelle Keegan kept winning it. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think it would have really crossed many people's minds until it would... I think, don't think it would be around now, but I think it would take longer to get rid of it if she hadn't just kept yeah, winning it all the time. Right, you might be right. It just became laughable and, and so <laughs> obvious that... It was inappropriate because she won it so often. Um, what What are your thoughts on uh, on the Max situation? Then you you feeling sorry for him? And, no, uh... I feel sorry as sorry for him as I did before he kept got into prison. Mm. I feel I feel sympathy. I feel some, some I, level I, of I sympathy empathy. in that he was groomed. I feel. I feel like it's an unfortunate truth that people like to pretend is not real, that it's very easy for anybody to be radicalised about almost any subject. Mm. Whether it's immigrants or, you know, gay people or even being against religious people. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's very easy to put people in a big group of others and then say everything's their fault. Mm. And I think if we pretend that we're above it, that's when we start to repeat mistakes. 
I'd quite like to you know, see um... historically speaking. So I can empathise with Max, but also don't feel sorry for him that he's in prison because that's where he should be. Really. I'd quite like to see Spider being involved in this somehow, and and who knows where he is at the moment because it's been months. Sorry, who? Spider, you know, Spider Nugent. You also mentioned a woman called Toya a minute ago, and I'm not sure that is either. But... Um, because they were obviously very close during the racism story, and and Spider's uh, who knows what he's doing at the moment. Um, I'd like to see maybe when Max comes out, if he's going to get this early release that, that they're teasing, um, could he kind of reconnect with, with him maybe? I'd rather it was Spider than, than Daniel, I think. I think the Max and Daniel, I've, I've seen about enough of that. Um, and I, I do wonder whether Daniel's going to end up losing his job over this oh, as God. well. He really deserves is, to. Is he just in this teaching in this particular place because it facilitates the story in the same way that his last yeah, teaching true. job Good facilitated question. stories as well um because they don't need to have him at work in a prison for you know once there's no kids in the prison but i suppose right. maybe hope can come and take uh, <laughs> take his place soon anyway um we... okay yes yeah, so let's let's move on time is a ticking and uh, onto the mega bucks fizz storyline Gemma. What's been going on in the factory this week? Not much, not much plotting from Stephen or, or murderous looks or anything, has there? He might as well have gone to Las Vegas and enjoyed himself. Might as well have done. So on Monday, Beth is spreading gossip around uh, the knicker stitches that Stephen is looking angry on the phone in uh, his office. So she tries to take him tea so she can overhear what he's talking about. And she hears him saying, oh, outsourcing. So she scurries back and tells everybody that they're going to lose their jobs because the, the factory is going to be relocated somewhere cheaper. Yeah, she, she's worried that the, knickers, that the nipper snapper knicker stitches are going to be sourced from out where, elsewhere. So in the Rovers, um, is not he the Sean? Nick, not, well, not that they're knicker stitches if they're nipper snapper. Nipper snapper, maybe, nicker, maybe nipper, nipper, nipper snapper snappers. Nicker snappers. <laughs> That's illegal. And the Rovers later, Izzy Nipper Sean. Nicker snatchers. That's also illegal. bad. Yeah. <laughs> Izzy Sean and Beth are worrying about this. Owen comes into the pub. So this is the guy who Jenny fancied that uh, Stephen told her that he was a player who's also uh, representing the American buyers for. I was a little bit snapper. disappointed that this element of the story didn't really get much development this week. I'm. I'm, I'm not. I'm not, not expecting. I'm not, well, I'm not interested in Owen and Jenny together, but I'm interested in what Stephen's going to do about Owen and Jenny. I think he's together. done. I think he's done all he needs to. So Owen confirms that Stephen is going to outsource some of the work, but he can't really talk about it because he's there to talk to Jenny, and he asks her to go out for a meal later, and she says, "I don't think so, but I think you've got plenty of other options." So he, she's been rebuffed. Yeah, and I think that's after what sort of Stephen said that. to her about. Yeah, I, that's why I mentioned it. Mm. Beth sees Stephen later. He says, yeah, we are outsourcing because there's so much work. There's there's so too much for you guys to do. It's not a bad thing. It's brilliant. This is the best line that Underworld has ever had. Why are we in a knicker factory? <laughs> it turns out that making t-shirts is far more lucrative. Yeah. But also, okay, here's another thing. Here's another thing that's stupid about this whole storyline is that all they need to do is buy a t-shirt printing business and Stephen McDonald had one of these in his garage when he was a teenager. Well, no, 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 it wasn't in the garage. It was in literally the same building. Done to a T was done where you Underworld don't need, is now. You don't need a, an entire factory of people making t-shirts to stamp a logo on the front of what We can do it. We've done it. We've sold t-shirts. Well, we have, we've given t-shirts away. We don't have a knicker factory. No. 
there's literally no reason for them to manufacture the t-shirts as well but we won't talk about that anymore because it's nonsense they're just the best lot to think about don't so. think too hard uh, so it turns out that Stephen's thinking about setting up a new unit in Norfolk mm. where's Norfolk everybody I, I, found, I, I literally I hold my hands up I had no idea where Norfolk is but think, it turns out that it's in East Anglia if you think Norfolk is north you're wrong it's mm. actually near Cambridge it's right on yeah. the little bump yeah, little bump on, on the, the right-hand side. On the, the right-hand side. If you look at the map of... Or the of, east, as we say. If you look at a map of the UK, it's on the little bumpy bit right near London. Yeah, the top of the bump. I, yeah. I could not... I wouldn't have had a clue where to place Norfolk on the map. So I knew it was near Cambridge. Now I'm educated in that. But it's a long way away from Weatherfield. That's the most important thing. And it's the other side of the coast. It's not just down south, but it's also diagonal. Mm. It's the other side, because... Almost know, couldn't get further away. You could go to Lizard in Cornwall. Okay, okay. Beth wants a word with Stephen and Sarah later because she wants to be the supervisor in Norfolk. So she's trying to pitch herself. And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, tell me later. And Beth li- uh, Fizz is listening in with interest and they all talk about it. And uh, and then Fizz says to Beth, you need to think about this because if you are worried about your relationship with Kirk, this could be the final nail in the coffin. All he does is, is mope and he's clearly pining for you. So Stephen's listening in on this conversation. And then as everyone's leaving for lunch, Stephen calls her into his office and says, look, Beth is no way, she's no, she's not good enough to be a, a supervisor, but you are. I want to offer you the job. You're just the sort of person I need. And she says, I don't know, it's, I, you know, I've got my kids and everything. I've got a family. I can't just leave to go to Norfolk. And he says, what about for double the pay? And she says, sign me up. Couldn't believe, that's pretty good pay that's rise, that, isn't money. it? That's a lot of money. I've got no double idea. Double the salary? I've got no idea what she's on. I think if anybody's salary was doubled, that's if, fairly life-changing. Yeah, she's on. She's going to be on quite a lot of money now. I think. Is this what the? Is there a supervisor? It's like Sally the supervisor in Underworld. I don't think they've got one. I think it's just chaos. I can't remember because it was Haley for a while and and well, she's uh, dead Ivy now. in the past also dead. Yeah. I, I didn't realise that it could be so lucrative. Well, maybe we should be supervisors <laughs> over in Norfolk. Yeah. Over dinner, Fizz tells no- Tyrone that she's been offered Norfolk this. Norfolk in where? <laughs> that wasn't a swear no it wasn't was just a, it's just a funny just said Norfolk just a, actually probably a place <laughs> over dinner Fizz tells Tyrone the news and he's chuffed until she, he realises that Norfolk's actually nowhere near where they are and Fizz says it's okay I'll just turn it down but then that was a really nice dinner scene. I I loved Wednesday's episode. You you weren't too fussed on it. I think you gave it a, a bog standard, but it, it was absolutely a banging for me because I thought that there was lots of nice kind of friend stuff. And although the way that Daisy's going about it with Ryan was completely not the right way, there were having those two just sitting chatting as friends was lovely. This scene here with Fizz and Tyrone over dinner husband and wife chat lovely there was a scene with summer and amy in the same episode and summer's being all supportive of her and doing a makeup and everything that friendship stuff is what coronation street has been lacking for many a year now and i thought that it was all kind of condensed very nicely into wednesday's episode so just wanted to say well done to whoever wrote that one Stephen, meanwhile is telling the factory girls that he's hired fizz for this role and um Beth's like, oh, I didn't want a stupid job anyway, but I think that Fizz is a traitor, so she gets her nose put out of joint. 
Meanwhile, Fizz is telling Tyrone, actually, the money is double. And so that changes things for, for him. <laughs> he thinks it's a good opportunity. And the girls could cope. They've done it before. So they decide to ask the girls what they think. And obviously, the girls are like, go for it if we get more money. And Hope Hope starts giving her a, a, um, a wish list of oh, all yeah. the things that she wants her to buy. <laughs> and I keep getting confused here because... Fizz is not pregnant, but Jenny McAlpine is. And I, I kept thinking to myself, they're going to need this money when the baby comes. <laughs> <Yeah>. idiot. No. <laughs> On Friday, Kirk and Tyrone are chatting about the fact that Fizz is leaving. And, and Fizz is like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to wear. And Kirk says, don't worry, you'll be great. So she, she's gone on Friday. Mm. Fizz... This is left. As is Coronation Street tradition, somebody decides that they're going to up and leave somewhere and then within 48 hours, they're the other side of the country. Evelyn... With all, their, all they need in a little bag. A little knapsack. Yes. Fizz, um, Evelyn encourages Kirk to write a, a poem to Beth to try to win her back. Oh, yeah. Why? I don't know. Are they talking about... I can't remember. Wasn't there some poetry thing for Hope's I don't care. Homework? I don't remember. But Kirk's the one that left Beth. So why is he writing a poem? Well, he though he's clearly still pining after her, but he doesn't want to be the one that's. He, I guess, partly he doesn't want to back down as he was the one that stopped them um, from being together. But equally, Beth is being pretty vile to him at the moment, and I think he possibly well, thinks if I try and make up with Kirk, if, with Beth, sorry, she's not going to want to, you know, give him the time of day. So, um, Tyrone gets back after taking Fizz to Norfolk. <laughs> And she video calls them later and she says, oh, I've got a lovely place, I can, I've got fields, there's a nice shower. And they give each other a virtual hug and she starts to tell Tyrone what he need, she he needs to do for the girls, which I thought was great. Number one, it's a Friday, so good job tricking him on thinking that they have to go to school on a Saturday. Yeah, if you thought about this for a little bit too long, which I obviously did, Eurovision is definitely happening on Coronation Street because yeah, they've mentioned it. So tomorrow is definitely Saturday in Coronation Street land. But apparently, Hope has got a Victorian day at school. And is that a thing that happens in secondary schools? I've not, I'm not involved in secondary schools at all, but I, I don't think I ever had a themed day where I had to dress up as somebody in secondary school. No, I don't think so. So, so they've got a list of things, and uh, as you just gave away, Hope's got a Victorian day, and she wants... Does she want a... She wants a dress with two papier-mâché heads on the shoulders. And I wondered whether yeah. this was a literary reference that I... Uh, is it Frankenstein? I wasn't aware of I, I don't know. Mary Shelley. I've got no idea. So Evelyn's going to pick up a dress from the charity shop for him, but he's got to make this papier-mâché head and Hope can't sleep. So she comes downstairs and um, gives him a hug and he, he lets her go on her tablet, which obviously means that she's going to be staying up too late. And uh, it's all starting to unravel very quickly without fizz around. It is a little bit, but I thought the cooking and the cleaning and the organising of the. I mean, the Tyrone family. has coped before, like he said. I thought this was quite a nice ending because when she was smiling at the end, it didn't to me look like hope. a ha ha. Yeah, hope. It didn't feel to me like it was oh brilliant. I can wrap my dad around my little finger. I'm on my tablet at whatever o'clock at night. It just felt like because he gives her a big hug, doesn't he? And it just felt kind of sweet. Um, so how does this compare? Um, as, as a reason for, for Jenny McAlpine going on a maternity leave. So in the past, we've had got to look after Scylla because she's got osteoporosis. And we've had got to go to Birmingham because there's a good school that will fix hope. And now we've got supervisor position in Norfolk. I, it doesn't feel realistic to me. It makes no sense whatsoever that you, as a, as a parent with two young children, would go to live in Norfolk for, no. for double your salary. Because unless they're throwing in a free apartment... 
all that money is going to be paid on rent and bills. I, I've got a feeling that they did say that she was given that place to live. I, I think that I think she does get to save the money, but I don't. I, I just. Oh, they, no, they, they there's, ha- no there's, there's no way around it. They had to do it. Jenny couldn't be in the program, although they could have done a bit of a, a Shona exit if they she wanted have, like, to. They could have had a bit more of a discussion bit. about it, and they could have like said, "Well, why doesn't why isn't Tyrone going?" Mm. But at the end of the day, she she had to go. Um, it, and I'm glad that it wasn't. Uh, you know, sometimes when ladies go off on maternity leave, it's because the characters fall out, isn't it? And they, you know, well, and I'm glad know, they didn't have this. It's all kind of very. We've made comments about people who've been incredibly notable by their absence over the past however much amount of time. And they very well could have gone off and had a baby. And no fanfare was made that they're not, you know, where's, where's, Ty, where's, um, where's Toya been? Mm. She's not off having a baby, is she? So Not as far as we know. Why is she not in the show? They haven't said. They could have done this with Fizz. Yeah, but I suppose there are, with, with the story going on at the factory at the moment, with Stephen and everything, if she wasn't in those scenes, that might be a really? little bit more like, where's Fizz in all this? Why would you? No, I don't and, agree. And I also, agree. and also, yeah. Hope's got her story with um, with Sam and, and Eliza and everything, and I, even Fizz a few weeks... Fizz has not of- been a significant part of any of these stories. I don't know why you're talking about... Fizz has not been a big role, had a big role in Stephen's story. He, she hasn't had a big role in what's been going on with Hope and and Sam and Eliza. Yeah, but I, I honestly, I think that if, if she hadn't been there, it would have felt weird. We might have noticed so. that she wasn't there, but we would have known that she's on maternity leave. Mm. I think it's a bit sad that she's not going to be there for Chesney's wedding, because that's happening in, what, two weeks, is well, it, I think? That doesn't make any sense either. No, well, no, exactly. So Chesney's wedding's going to be happening. Fizz isn't going to be there. Scylla's presumably <laughs> not going to be there. Brother Billy, who knows where he is at the moment. So I feel kind of sorry what? for the guy that none of his family, immediate family, are going to be Eurovision? there. Uncle Les isn't going to be there, is he? I think it's an indication of the person that he's marrying. May- yeah, maybe. They all object. <laughs> I don't know. I think Les Battersby might get on quite well with Gemma. I, I think would love to watch the them plot, get together, yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering, every every now and then I'm thinking, when's Alina going to come back with Tyrone's baby? Oh, Is this going to be honestly, it? Honestly, it can't be what... Will it be? Either she's going to come in with Fizz away and he's going to be like, he's going to have to deal with having this baby, well, toddler, I guess it'll be, dumped on him and Fizz won't be there. And he'll, <laughs> and he'll, and he'll be not telling Fizz about this over the video oh, call. Yeah. Or, oh, you know, at, on, as part of her welcome back to Weatherfield Fizz party, maybe that's when Alina comes back saying, I have brought you a little Hello. baby. Hello, Hello, Tyrone. Here is Tyrone Jr. Well, I don't know, but... Because there's, no, there's nothing um, more cringy than finding out how they're going to write a character out for maternity leave. It's the what's the storyline going to be that they come back into just to go, oh, no, everything's going wrong. Mule face t-shirts. Oh, no. <laughs> that's the one, isn't it? Uh, right, I, let's, we'll not, let's just make it clear that we have no idea whether Alina is even going to come back. No, no, not got a clue. Let but... alone if she... It is, it is that, that sort of Damocles, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, um, Damon in the sack um, story. Born um, in the hay. Yes. Um, so, at the beginning of the of the week, Sarah, Sarah and Adam are having uh, thrilling conversations, I'm sure, about late night licensing. But um, also, we get the impression that Adam is still very annoyed about Sarah objecting to the whole thing. So, we're still like, they're, they're, not, they're not great in their relationship. But well, she doesn't know. live anywhere near the bistro to complain about it. It's like around the two corners. She's she's thinking of her mum. 
Well, no, it's, that's the thing. She really just wants Damon out of the way. I know she do. does, but if I was Adam, I'd be I'd be really baffled mm. by this because it doesn't affect her at all. So Leanne and Sarah are talking about Damon in the bistro later, and they don't believe that he was mugged last week. There's something going on there. But then um, when he turns up, Sarah leaves, and Leanne tries to make it clear to him that, that you're not needed here, Damon. And he's like, oh, yes, I do. Um, look, I'm a, you're out of the supplier later, aren't you? Who's going to look after the bistro there if I'm not here? And she's like, oh, yeah, good point. How have they managed to go all these years without somebody to look after the place when they go to the supplier? That's a bit convenient for him. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> in the cafe later, Beth's gossiping about Damon's black eye. Dee Dee says, look, I'm not I'm not actually Damon's biggest fan, but by all accounts, he was defending someone and he put his life on his li- on the line. So actually, he's a, he's a stand-up bloke. Sarah goes back to the bistro later and oh my gosh, I was not expecting this this week. And I suppose it's natural that it's going to happen at some time. But for the last few weeks, she's been saying, no, Damon, we can't do this, Damon. It's not right, Damon. It was just a one-off, Damon. And she's been, you know, twirling her hair and flutting her eyelashes and everything. And we've been making more of a big thing about it on the podcast saying, oh yeah, she's gagging for it. But I was not expecting for her to just swan into the bistro. He puts her tongue, his tongue down his throat. No, he puts his tongue down her throat and for them to be rutting on the bistro counter by the end of the scene. She's like saying, oh no, no, Damon, I've been cheated on before. I can't. Oh wait, yes, I can. And yeah, they go off to the, to the office for a romp. To, <laughs> were you actually expecting this to happen? No. The way it did? I thought that she was just going to be like, caught having a little snog or something. I didn't think that she'd be so (laughs) stupid and (gasps) horny that she would actually drop her knickers for him again. I thought, yeah, they were going to get caught out maybe talking about it or, yeah, maybe a kiss. But any any sympathy (laughs) or understanding or whatever you want to say that I may have had for Sarah and there wasn't very much after what she did in the hotel, absolutely gone now. Has anybody got any sympathy for this girl now? Adam is just trying to work hard so that they can so that he you can bring home a so decent wage. You take this so I think it's really funny how personally you take this. Well no You so, you know that you're not in danger of me doing this. Of don't course you? I know so that you're you not gonna need, be romping with the local drug like, dealer. You don't need to sort of get mad extra mad at Sarah because she's doing it because Adam's working hard. I just thought Because you work Sarah really was, hard, but I've I've got other things to do. I just thought that Sarah can't be would have boyfriend. more principles than this, honestly. So um, they and then they get caught nearly, don't they? Because Leanne comes back. Um, Leanne has to um, go back to the bistro later because um, she. I can't remember what was it. I'm just having a quick look at my notes here. Oh, the oven's packed up, um, so she has to go back. I can't. It doesn't matter anyway because by the time that Simon and David are out. No, gosh, not Sarah and David. That's another story, I think isn't it? Simon and David. Simon and David. Oh having a, no! I'm the post bonk getting. Why dressed. don't we? Why don't we just write that into Cory as an idea? Because it involves Simon, um, and, and who knows right. what he's doing. He's Alex Bain right. back on social media this week after his little break. That's, that's some news for you. So Damon and Sarah are getting dressed. They've done the deed, <laughs> and they hear Nick and Leanne come back into the beast zone, have a little bit of a panic. What are we going to do? Are we going to get caught? So Damon sort of takes um, takes the bull by the horns and goes into the main bit of the bistro and says, oh no, the building's so dangerous. Our oven's faulty. We need to leave. Everybody, out now, out now. And Dee Dee's there as well and she sees Sarah Lou's bag yeah. on the chair. And I don't know where I kind of stand with Dee Dee at the moment because on a way I'm thinking, oh, good for you for being loyal to 
your friend? Is she her friend, really? I don't know. And then the other one, I'm saying, no, you bloody tell her. You you drop her in it. What do you think? Do you think that she's doing the right thing, or should she... I feel like she's caught up too much in the fact that she's already covered for her, um, and she's also trying to smooth things out. She's trying to not to rock the boat with, with Adam, because she wants to protect him as much as Sarah, I and think. And he's her boss. He, yeah, exactly. She's he's, she's been put in a really awkward position. I think I would think that maybe Adam would understand. If I was Adam, I would want to know this. I think, and like, she's... I think she's too caught up in the fact she's already covered for her. Again, I know, but I think that if I was Adam, if she, if she said, look, it's true, I've known for a few weeks, I'm really sorry, but now I'm telling you, I'd be like, okay, I understand that you it would be really hard for you. Position. Awkward position. Fine. I, I think that if I was Dee Dee, I almost, would what? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm almost like like looking down on Dee Dee for this. Really, I I just feel like she's in an awkward position. If I was Dee Dee, I'd but I would you know she does need to go to Sarah and say I've covered for you too many times. It's not well, my problem. She kind of is a little bit later in the week, isn't she? I mean, she for now she she moves her bag. They go back I wouldn't out help again. Her again. Sarah comes. Um, I'd let her explain it herself. Sarah escapes no, once they're gone. Mm. So anyway, um, <laughs> they're all back later. Sa- Sarah's. If left. I was, because the what? thing is, yeah, Dee Dee and Dee has got nothing to do with Sarah. Not really. Why is Sarah? Why is she? Why is she putting her neck out for Sarah? Oh. If it was my friend, I would. I, you know, I'd feel more obliged to to help them. Yeah. But but not some. As far as Dee Dee's concerned, she's woman. just the the, the strumpety. <laughs> um, wife of my boss. I know. From Dee Dee's perspective, she would just think Sarah's always like this. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not wrong. She is a little bit. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> they, they all go back. Leanne's definitely smelling a rat here. Mm. Um, and speaking of rats, Damon and Sarah then meet in the ginnel a little bit later, and she's like, "Oh, I was so petrified oh, no. when Adam came. Oh, I've got so much to lose. We can't go through this again. Don't we need to it. quit while we're ahead." It's and... so sexy, though. Oh yeah, really, really sexy. Boy, made my heart race. Damon, we can't. Oh, it's so good. Oh, but we can't do it anymore. But not today, anyway. Huh? Don't, don't her and um, that her and Adam end up bonking again yeah. at the end of the episode. Every time she has sex with Damon, Damon, she has sex with Adam the same day because she's setting herself up for a Who's the Daddy storyline. Yeah. And last time we saw Sarah sleeping with two guys in the same day, they made a big fuss of the fact that she was on contraception. But this time mm. they haven't. And it makes me wonder whether they made a big fuss of it the first time so that we would assume the same thing's happening this time. But actually, because we haven't seen it, we can't know for sure whether she... I can't remember. Are they openly trying for a baby She now said again? that she was. Sarah and Adam. <laughs> so I guess that she's not on the pill. <laughs> no. She, she, if he didn't put a condom on, yes, of course, it's oh, his Michael. responsibility. Who? But Damon's. Right, okay. But Sarah might have noticed and gone, oops, better get down to the clinic. Well, I'm I'm just... <laughs> mm. It just feels, again, it's another one of these, like, the, the writers made them do it because they want to have a storyline about yeah. who's got her pregnant. I'm not enjoying it. Um, Dee Dee comes we'll have and... have to wait till it's Dee born Dee comes to see what ta- the accent's going to be like. <laughs> to come out speaking Scottish. If it comes out, get all kind of new. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dee Dee comes and tells Sarah about the bagger later oh, and she says, look, I don't like... Keep stop involving me in this. You make me keep secrets. And Sarah's like, "Oh yeah, sorry about that." Dee Dee <laughs> leaves, and Adam comes back from the shop, and um, this is when she then drags him off to bed again. And then on Wednesday, Sarah sees Dee Dee in the cafe, and she says, "Oh yeah, there's nothing going on with Damon. Honestly, I'm gonna go and see him right now. Tell him to stay away. In fact, stop, stop trying to shag me, sexy he, she man." She tries to go and tell him at the bistro, stop it, but he's still <gasps> not taking no for an answer, Damon. and goes in for a kiss again. Damon, like, it's oh, over okay. between <laughs> us. Damon. 
Damon, do you like my lip gloss? I'll never believe mm. her again. Damon, he stalks oh, her down the street later. No, don't, please. <laughs> I thought we were trying to finish this one I'm quick. going this way. Don't follow me. Just <laughs> oh, go down Damon. this darkened alley. Oh, you're so naughty. Oh, my but... knickers have just dropped oh, off. What should oh, I do? Oh, I need to get them stitched back together, but they're all <laughs> making T-shirts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, 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 knicker, the knicker sewing machine is out of action <laughs> at the moment. has been re- <laughs> repurposed. <laughs> Anyway, nothing really happens. They all just kind of have a bump into each other, don't they? Dame oh, Sarah, Dee Dee, Adam, and oh, don't bump into me again. Dee Dee says, <laughs> "You clearly still fancy Damon, don't you? You little no, tart." No, I don't. What What about him? Do you think I fancy? I oh, want to his know. Lips, I want to see whether his hair, Sarah is like sexy face. Oh, are we done? Are we yeah. done with your Sarah Louise impression? <laughs> I wanna is she thinking about young Harry during all of this? Because they've involved him in a couple of scenes oh, recently no. just to, you know, remind Break us that he exists. And there is a massive risk that she's I I don't know whether ha, ha, how much Harry considers Adam his, his dad. dad. I suppose he would because he's only what, five now, six, maybe, I'm not sure. And so he spent a lot of his young life yeah, with Adam as his father figure. Oh uh, yeah, I d I can't remember whether then, he calls him you know, Adam or whether he calls him dad. I, I don't I obviously have I don't have any personal experience of blended families, but Coronation Street, in Coronation Street, on the whole, you get dumped like a hot brick if you're a kid in a blended family when the parents split up. Mm. Nobody makes an effort. The only person I can think of who ever has cared about the kids in a relationship that they've broken up from is Leanne with Simon. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that one as well. But there are loads and loads of um, kids in families that were raised by somebody else because they were dating. I, I think it's a bit of a big. I think it's a bit of a failing from Coronation Street. But on when we're talking about Harry and Sarah with Damon, Damon's definitely demonstrated a lot more interest in young people than Adam ever has. Adam feels to me like he wants a kid with Sarah because he wants a legacy. He wants somebody to pass on the genes. He wants to say he's got kids. I think it's part of a status thing for him as much as anything else. I don't know if that's unfair, but I can't see that he's that interested in in Harry. It's kind of like father like son, really, isn't it? Because Mike Baldwin wanted... Yeah, wanted Kids a family. With Susan, didn't he didn't he? want children. He wanted to have a have a yeah, an heir a, to the great yeah, Baldwin exactly. Empire. But um, Damon, it hasn't been with Harry, but it was with Sam. Mm. He genuinely took an interest in Sam, and he cared about him, and he was worried about how his actions might affect him. Yeah, and I just don't think Adams really ever even interacted that much with with Harry. I I think that if Damon and Sarah say they decided to. If if um the the relationship with Adam split broke up, I think that they would actually be better parents together for Harry than Adam maybe. And Sarah. I'm but I'm I'm still really hoping that Damon doesn't stay in the show. I'm I'm Why? not a fan. I just I just, he just feels a bit icky and grubby and gangsters like that don't for me belong he, as long term characters on Corey. Is a proto Gary where he is a rough guy who is doing bad things, but then there's always some kind of moral excuse for why it's not really that bad. And, you know, know. your mileage may vary depending on maybe how handsome you find either one of them (laughs) as to whether you're going to buy that excuse or not. But I think, you know, 
Gary did some equally unforgivable things, but he's redeemed himself. Yeah, but Gary's, <clears throat> right from the start, I think we were supposed to have some level of sympathy for him. And I don't... Well, Gary, Gary's an interesting case, and he's been in the show a lot longer, hasn't he? Because mm. he started off as a wrong and then he redeemed himself, then he became a wrong again, and then he redeemed himself. Yeah. Anyway, must move on. We, we got... Well, how long have we got until we, we need to leave the house? Very 25 much. minutes. And this is still going to get uploaded. <laughs> right. A- Amy and Summer. Right. Let's have a summary. <sighs> Amy on Wednesday tells Summer and Ardy that Ezra is on her course and she Thank has the hots for her, him and she wants to go on a, go for lunch with him. And Summer does Amy's makeup before this date and uh, she's trying to brush her hair and she looks in the mirror and she's all worried. And uh, Summer can see that she doesn't want to go on this date because Amy's worrying, oh, what if he tries to kiss me? What if I'm never ready? What shall I do? And Summer says, look, don't worry about it. We'll stay in. We'll watch some films. So, um, but then when, I don't know who this is that goes outside. She, she sees in Victoria Gardens, Aaron kissing somebody else. And they go back to number seven and he, she's like, I should go and tell her. I should warn her, this girl about Aaron. Um, I, I need to, when, I, when am I going to be able to go back to normal? When is this going to end? I, I'm fed up with him and how much of a grip he's got on my life. So on Friday, Amy tells Summer uh, about who she saw in the in the gardens and she describes this girl and someone says oh that sounds like Mia who was his ex so she shows Amy a picture and Amy says yeah that's definitely the girl and they think well we need to warn Mia and tell her what Aaron's really like so Amy sends her a message so so meanwhile Aaron's dad goes to the garage and he's like guess what guess what you know you know my mum died and I'm over it we got loads of money <laughs> the world's our oyster we're rich he leaves and Mia turns up to talk to Aaron. She says, I've got this weird message from this woman called Amy saying she wants to meet up with me. Um, and he says, look, that's Summer's friend and probably just Summer's jealous of me and you together. Don't worry about it. And then Amy later realises that Mia's blocked her. So then we have, you know, Amy and Summer wondering what's going on. Does she, are they going to tell her? Yeah. Does she, I mean, they haven't warned her any anything specific. I don't, I'm, I don't know, you know, Aaron made this terrible, terrible mistake um, with what happened at, at the party. I don't say that that makes him, you know, a, a serial rapist or he's the sort of person that's likely to do it again. He's done it once. He realises just what effect this has had. I, don't, I wouldn't I'm... say that Mia is any, in any immediate danger. Well, okay... Just because he did that thing, you know, just because he, it wasn't consent, so it was rape, mm. just because he did that to Amy, I'm not going to say that it's clear that he's going to or not mm. do the same thing again, but if he faces no consequences, I can't see why he would be, at the moment, in the situation that he's in now, he hasn't faced any negative consequences to the extent that I feel like he wouldn't do it again. No, but just but because he's done think... it once, it doesn't mean that he's going to do it again. Well, he's just as likely to do it to her as he was to do it to Amy. Mm. And and like everyone's saying, it's not in his personality. It's not his kind of character. I would hope that he I wouldn't it do it again. But I don't blame I don't blame Amy and Summer at all for wanting to warn Mia about this. Um, I'm just thinking that if uh, maybe there's going to be a storyline where he gets Mia pregnant, and then he's called the storyline. Mamma mia. Um, I, I think that this thing with the windfall may be um, Aaron's exit ticket from Weatherfield because everyone kind of, when we heard that Aaron was going to have this kind of role in the story, thinking, well, surely the writing's on the wall for that character there. They can't have a rapist 
stay on the street and be just kind of everybody's cool with it or he's redeemed or whatever like this. This is surely an exit story for James Craven, but maybe he's not going to get found out, not found out, he's not going to be convicted because so few people are. So what's going to be the way that he leaves Weatherfield? Maybe this is it. Maybe, you know, he's got this money from, from dad and he goes off. And that sounds like it's a happy ending for him. So something's got to happen that we know that he's going away with his... You know, I don't dis- know whether I, I literally have no information about whether he's leaving or not. Oh, no, I've got no idea. I just I'm just making the assumption that he is going to be leaving the program. Before we quickly and move on, I think on. it's to do with this. Yeah, me too. I think you're onto something. If he's going to leave, this is this is the how. But but you can't have a happy ending. <laughs> Would you like to know why I gasped? Yes. Because I've just ha- he's probably aged out of this already. They're remaking Harry Potter, aren't they? They are, yeah. Cedric Diggory. Yeah. I keep saying he looks like Robert Pattinson. Oh. He could be Cedric Diggory in the new Harry Potter if he leaves Coronation Street. I think he's too old. Yeah, I know. He, he's he could yeah if they're going right back to the beginning and uh, and Cedric Diggory. It's going to take a while. You know, Cedric Diggory doesn't come into Five it until the fourth probably. book, so he's got to be fourteen, and I don't think he's going to look fourteen when they're filming. I don't that, think Robert Pattinson looked fourteen. Though. <laughs> they need to remake Twilight. Um, right, finally we've got old Paul. Do you not think though? It could yeah, be. It could I mean, definitely exactly, be Cedric exactly. Diggory. We've called him this before. So Paul. We haven't called him Cedric Diggory yes, before. I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. I'm going to say, I don't think Cedric Diggory was a rapist. You never know, do you? (laughs) You don't know what happened. Oh, he could have been if Voldemort hadn't, you know, spoiler alert, but this is Uh, a No, hang on, we won't ruin it for anybody, but uh, (laughs) he doesn't live that long (laughs) to to go and do that kind of thing. Anyway. Certainly not in Harry Potter, but you know, when they, when it is HBO... Uh, yes. I'm, you know I'm, what they're like? Get to see Hermione's boots. I don't know. <laughs> um, right, so... Um, poor Paul, Paul. Paul's been to his... Get, he's got his suit on, he's pretending that he's got a job interview, but actually he's going to his plea hearing where he pleads guilty and he's going to get sentenced on the 26th of May, which is the week before Britain's Got Talent Week, so it's maybe going to lead into something big happening the following week. I can't remember whether they said that Gemma's wedding is on that exact same day or whether that's going to be at the beginning of Britain's Got Talent Week. I don't know, but it, there's going to be some tragic crossover between them, I'm sure. Um, he, he has to pretend that he didn't get the interview later on because there was no interview. And um, then um, he says he's going to decide, he's going to tell people, no, Dee tells him he's going to have to tell people about his MND so he's got a chance of not being put in prison for Gemma's wedding. Friday, um, the story kind of moves more on to the wedding side of things where she bursts into the factory with these big wedding dress ideas for Izzy. Gemma does. She's like, can you pinch them off, Kutch, from the factory so you can make my dress? And Izzy's like, no, that's stealing. I would never do that. I've been in prison before. I can't go back again. Um, She says, look, I'll I'll see what I can do to help though. So that's quite nice. And because they make, they remind us all that in some way, they're family. Everyone's really family on Coronation Street, aren't they? The amount of affairs and whatever they've had over the years. But the, the way they're linked is that Gemma's stepson, Joseph, is that right? Gemma's stepson, Joseph, is nephew to oh my God, Izzy. It's so, so that's tenuous. the family link. But anyway, that's why Izzy's making the dress. And that gets Gemma thinking about families and everything. And, oh, should we invite Linda to the wedding? Linda being... Um, Izzy's mum, who was in it last year, wealthy Portuguese, well, you know, lives in Portugal, Linda. And um, so she invites her and Bernie's not happy because last time she was here, old lady snob on a gob or whatever it was she called her. Uh, they, they, they didn't really, you know, they didn't get on. 
they're a bit chalk and cheesish, aren't they? So that's potentially going to be quite fun on the wedding with those two you know, at each other's throats. Although I would much prefer it if it was Scylla versus Bernie. But as I say, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, watch this space really for that. Um, it will be quite nice, hopefully, for Linda and Izzy to get some scenes together. Because when Linda was in it last year, that was when Shirley Houston still couldn't come into work. Uh, with all the health issues so that that could be nice i suppose it, it, the, the other thing in, in this part of the story was izzy getting a bit worried because her mum's gonna have to come and live with her and she couldn't stand looking after her for two weeks which is a that says a lot i guess about their the state of their relationship two weeks with your mum who you haven't seen for donkey's years and you're moaning about it i know poor lady oh will we get some more scenes in izzy's flat which we've not seen for a very long time who knows will fergus be there maybe but that's it. So that's this week's Coronation Street. Little bit, well, actually it wasn't that short at all really compared to most weeks, but we now have got half an hour until we need to leave the house. Right, so okay. um, with that in mind, Gemma, do you have a character of the week and a score for Well, us? I haven't thought of character of the week, but I think it's, de- it's you know, standard three out of five. Devs, Kevs. Devs, uh, Deves, Keeves. Deves, Keeves. <laughs> Devs, Kievs. Uh, yeah, I'm giving it three out of, of five. I'm I'm going to go, just because I liked Wednesday's episode more, I'm going to go for um, three and a half, um, three and a half hobbits in Ryan's bloodline out <laughs> of five. Um, Who I think... am I going to give? I think I might give it to Jenny. Really? Yeah, because I loved her enthusiasm for the coronation. I loved her salute to the dead queen. I liked her crying when she saw Ryan coming in. I want more Jenny. It reminded me on Monday how much I love community events on Coronation Street, and I saw everybody getting ready and mm. and, and you know and Eve, telling Evelyn off for scoffing all the all the stuff at the buffet. I just love it. I I I like the fact that. Jenny is the landlady, but I want the Rovers to be more the heart of the show as, yeah. as it has been in olden times. So um, seeing Jenny back as the queen of the street, loved it. Um, I, I mean, it, it feels Does to that me make her like Camilla <laughs> feels to me like Ryan is a bit of a shoe in for this one. I kind of like to give it to Daisy because I even though, like I said, she was doing the wrong thing, her heart was in the right place. I'm it's gonna okay to I'm gonna defend to... her and say this, but I, I won't give it to her because I feel that would be going against the grain. And, and and Ryan has been excellent this week as well. I just feel mega, mega sorry for him and, you know, trying to steal himself up to going outside in the scene where it took a lot of guts for him to go into the Rovers, didn't it? With his with his hood down and everything. And it was it was lovely to see um, him oh, being Debbie welcomed into the bosom of the community. I like, I like Debbie's bullseye that she got. That was quite a funny moment, She's wasn't great. she? Where she was getting ready to throw the dart and she uh, sees Ryan come in and goes, oh my gosh, and it turns out that it goes in the bullseye. But no, um, Debbie, Debbie was quite good, but... Yeah, maybe may a little bit obvious. Um, can't give it to Daniel, although he, his heart is also in the right place. He's being very unprofessional. So, um, yeah, Ryan it is, I think. Ryan and Jenny. Ryan and Jenny, congrats. So, thank you, everybody, for listening. We've yeah, got to sorry go. for I'm no so news sorry. or feedback, um, but we have a Eurovision party to get to. Uh, really, I, I'm loving um, Who the Hell is Edgar and also our UK entry, which is, uh, I wrote a song, and I, I think that... Uh, Tattoo's going to win, so we'll find out if that's true or not. Tattoo? Are they in it? No, it's a song name. Oh, I thought um, it was throwback to 20 years ago. No, so, um, have we do- you got anything else to say? No, no, I, I think that's it. Back next week, bonus podcast, hopefully. I think it's going to be later in the week next week, uh, but keep an eye out for that one. Um, 
yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Um, sorry for the rush. You can find us oh, conversationstreet.gmail.com is our email address and um, blah blah blah, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, enjoy yourself, etc. Ta-ra. Bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Bye.